and welcome to Better Than Mario Brothers, the podcast where each episode we delve into cinema's sewer. I am Chris Bolton, with me as always, my partner in podcasting, Mr. Mark Williams. Hello. And this week, for the first time on Better Than Mario Brothers, we are also joined by a very special guest. The, as as until now, unheard third member of the Double Down Hive Mind, our very own Sunshine Girl, welcome to the podcast, Miss Helen McIntyre. Glad to be here. Glad to have you, dude. Um, this has been a long time coming. Yeah. So, before we dive into tonight's podcast, and it's a doozy, um, we had some feedback on the last episode. We should also apologise, we got so just wound up in the travesty of 365 days that we didn't actually ask the question. Um, I think it's pretty fairly evident from the podcast, our views, but Mark, 365 days, was it better than Super Mario Brothers? No. <laughs> I, I, I don't even need to delve into it. Um, we did get some feedback as well from... Uh, from uh, uh, right, go, go by his Facebook name, not the name we know him by. So it's uh, Piero Char- uh, Benjamin Charles Manessi, or Ben to his friends, um, uh, who said, in this case, the clearly better film in all aspects apart from nudity is Super Mario Brothers. Um, and that was as succinct as, we, as he got. Um, I think it's fair to say everybody that I've spoken to since we dropped that episode has been mildly appalled. Um, and just really offended on our behalves. So, um, yeah, I think it's fair to say that the general consensus is that uh, 365 Days is not better than Mario. Uh, there you go. So, yeah, apologies for not actually asking that question. Last yeah, episode, sorry for forgetting the premise of our own fucking show. I mean, I think you went on that journey with us, listeners, so you, you kind of <laughs> know where we were by the end of that. Um, so, from frying pan to fire, I guess... Um, <laughs> this time, we have some completely unknown reason decided to finally delve into the back catalogue of the one and only Uwebol uh, and look at In the Name of the King. Um, just a second, before we start this podcast, I don't normally do this, but I'm going to need to drink tonight. <laughs> um, Helen's got wine, I can see as well. Mark, I'm assuming you've got something alcoholic in front of you because... Yeah, I've got cider. Fuck me. <laughs> Jesus. Um, <laughs> look, I... I can't actually believe it's taken us this long to get around to Uwebol. Um He's actually... This podcast probably wouldn't exist were it not for Uwebol. Um, no, and I, th- I think that there are three entries on, on our original list. The Uwebol, I mean, yeah, probably. Um, there's, <laughs> yeah, there's, yeah th- th- this is probably, in my opinion, the worst. But yeah, there, I'm sure there are three on the list. Oh, um, I oh think th- I'm going to I'm gonna have to say that I actually think House of the Dead is worse than In the Name of the King. That may Ooh. also be on the list. Uh, it is. Uh, it was. <laughs> I think that's kind of where our ball obsession started. It was either that or alone, alone in, in the, the dark. dark. Yeah, um, it was alone in the dark. Um, yeah. Just as a bit of backstory, so um, back in about 2007, when we were um, writers rooming, the other woman countdown and double top at the same time, um, we sat down for a break and went down at this particular rabbit hole and never really came back out. Um, yeah, and Ball became our go-to direct. We've mentioned before how we like to watch bad movies whilst we're waiting for things to render. I mean, now you hit render on a project, and unless you're doing a feature, you know, your render time is, what, 20, 30 minutes tops. Yeah. Um, I mean, back then, we're talking a render would take all fucking afternoon, so we would just watch bad movies. Um, and we just became obsessed with Uwe Ball, just completely obsessed with the guy. This is the film that broke me though i don't think i've watched a ball <laughs> film since 
I know Mark and I did talk about this briefly off air, and I've got a feeling we may have actually watched this twice. Quite possibly. Because uh, I remember the instance that you talked about, but also I remember watching it. I'm sure we watched this at Pete's house as well. Oh, we may have. That was, I, 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 that was when we did the thing in Nottingham, wasn't that? Yes. Yeah. Or maybe I, it was in Nottingham. Yeah. So maybe we've watched it three times. I don't know. No, I, I, definitely... think we, I think we may have watched it at Pete's house because I crashed out because I'd driven up and back and up again. Yes. So yes, you that guys sounds... watched it while I passed out. That sounds familiar to me. Yeah, um, so you may well have done. But the time I remember watching it, we were um, so we were writers' rooming or editing at your place. Um, our respective other halves had been out, like ice skating and drinking and shit like that, like normal people do on a Saturday afternoon. Um, came back just when we were about ten minutes into the film, and I, I spent the next sort of two hours getting elbows in the ribs. And you know, we going yet? Can we go yet? And I thought, well, no, watch the end of the film. And this nearly broke my marriage three years before we got married. <laughs> I mean that's that's some achievement. <laughs> yeah, um, so that would have been a, a great achievement for uh, for Mr. Ball. Yeah, Doctor I mean, Ball. I, sorry, just just another great achievement, I suppose, and and one of the reasons I just as soon as we put this on the list, uh, I said to Matt, look, we we can't do this without Helen. Um, <laughs> Helen absolutely has to be on this episode because very early on in our relationship, I remember me just being an absolute just despair at the state of the edit. Um, Mark, I think you may have been in Australia by this point. And yeah, quite possibly. Yeah, Helen was around my flat on the regular, just if if for nothing else than to offer moral support, copious caffeine, and free cigarettes at the time. Um, <laughs> I had my. I was just yeah, I was just on on the floor with the edit, and I remember us going outside for a cigarette, and then Helen just busting out her Jason Statham impression. And explaining to me how to instantly improve this film with one line of dialogue, and and I think from that moment on, I was just like, Helen thinks exactly the same as me. So, <laughs> so I mean, if if nothing else, I guess I've got my friendship with Helen that I owe to this film, or partly owe to this film. Anyway. Yeah, I think you also partly owe it to double, like double top as well. To be fair, uh, well, I think we mostly owe it to double top. Otherwise, we'd never have met. But this, yeah. this film definitely forged an early bond. I think. Mm. Um, okay, so in the name of the king. Uh, Ball's disaster piece from I guess 2000 and something you know what? I didn't, 2007 there you go. I couldn't bring myself to even I mean Mark does the research anyway but I couldn't bring myself to even look this motherfucker up by the time I'd finished with this last Friday <laughs> I just I was like I never want to hear about this film ever again um, if this is the third time I've watched it then that is like three times too many um, I'm really burying the lead tonight, aren't I? Uh... <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it's it's one of those. I mean, I've put this off. I mean, we we talked about doing this when we first put the list together. I think the original thought was we have to get Helen on that one, so we'll have to wait until Helen's available to do it. So it's only taken us eighteen months ish, which isn't yeah. bad for Helen. Um, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's not bad for you. Um, <laughs> so we so we said we'll put it off, we'll put it off, we'll put it off, and then other things came along. We've we've deviated from our list slightly as well where we found other um nightmares like laquisha and 365 days um yeah, so yeah I mean, things that people have suggested as well yeah just so, thrown in, so yeah so yeah. we've kind of deviated from the list a bit so we still have the list and there's still probably about 15 20 films on it um so we've got plenty to go but this was one i've sort of been looking at going i really don't want to do this next i really don't want to do this next because i don't want to watch it i remember it being shite i remember um the impact it had 
um, on me go- coming out there going, right, okay, well, I never want to see another fucking Lord of the Rings rip-off again. Which, funny enough, I, di- I didn't really want to see Lord of the Rings in the first place. So, you know, it's one of those. <laughs> I wasn't that fucking bothered. But it just, I just came out, came out of the fir- the my only viewing going, yeah, I'm done with that shit. So then to, to sit down and watch it again. And then, so I, because I, we had what we were watching Powerpuff Girls, so I watched that over the weekend. And then um, I put this on yesterday. Now, yesterday is the first time in five months since we since we went into lockdown and had the whole COVID shit. Um, it's the first time I've had to get up like the normal time and get my normal train to work. So I was up before five yesterday morning. And it's one of those where, because you know you're getting up earlier than you, ha- you normally do, you watch the clock all night. So I think I probably slept for about 40 minutes uh, across the, the, the night. I was up at five, went to work, got home quite late, and then sat down to watch this. And by the hour mark, I was ready to kill myself. So I very sensibly turned it off and went back to it this morning. Um, and that was probably the most satisfying way to watch it, apart from not watching it at all. I don't know if there is a satisfying way to watch it. I mean, there I is. got uh, yeah, being, being in, a, in another room it. with noise cancelling headphones and blindfold. <laughs> yeah, hit us with it, Helen. What did I do? What did I do wrong? Like, what you need to do is you need to watch only the scenes that feature Jason Statham or Matthew Lillard, and fast forward through the rest. I mean, so, so I agree. So on you, both so of those you skip about four minutes points. in that case. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've we've talked about Matthew Lillard on this podcast before. He gets a lot of stick, but we've in our Scooby Doo episode we went to bat for Matthew Lillard. So yeah, I think Matthew Lillard is very good at playing a particular type of character. I think he's very he's one of the best things in this film, without a shadow of yeah. a doubt. The, I mean, he's not the best because no. I mean, I know I know we all love the state here as well, but I mean, I've just got to say, without Ray Liotta, this film can go straight in the bin. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he's, he's he's clearly just at his absolute most ridiculous scenery munching best in yeah, this film. He's but but that, that's when Ray Liotta's at his best. We all know that. Yeah, I mean, particularly when he literally stops giving a fuck towards the end and just starts walking around in a black leather trench coat like he's just wandered <laughs> straight off the set of fucking Goodfellas. Like, <laughs> it's a good contrast from the Liberace vibes he was having earlier. Yeah. Like, yeah. down to the ascot. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that, that's the thing. I mean, it's kind of Ball's whole thing, isn't it? But he gets these, like, superstar A-list as- actors when they like between projects so he picks them up for like how long have you got six weeks okay i'll use you for six weeks and he kind of builds his project around them and in this case like his his cast even for him is fucking phenomenal this the, has got the, Burt reynolds in it for well i was gonna sick. say the, the cast is fucking huge but as you said this is you no know, people got nothing else to do and they're on a paycheck i mean the budget for this was 60 million and you, if you consider Jesus how much Christ. I mean, but i mean if you look at the type of film it is and how much like cgi we've gone into it, how much prosthetics how much make how much effects have gone into it not a lot that's gone up. No, that's not a massive amount when you think of the salaries some of these people can command. Well, I mean, as far as the CGI and the effects and stuff like that, like 90% of the battle sequences are just repeated shots. It's like watching the fucking Flintstones. It's like, like watching fucking Power Rangers. I, I don't know how many times I saw the same motherfucker get hit with an arrow. Like, it's <laughs> ridiculous. It took too long to bring in the arrows, though. Like, there's a whole scene where Ron Perlman's running around with, like, his boat and all of his arrows on his back and he's at a distance from the fight logical thing to do would be to get out your bow and arrows start doing some ranged attacks no no he's got to pick up a farming implement instead and wail on them 
Yeah, poor the, uh, fucking Ron Perlman is taking this really seriously as well. Like he's, well, he's the only person actually <laughs> attempting to act in this film. Well, I, I, I said to you last night, I, I, I put it on and I texted you within five minutes and said, I already don't want to watch this. And I, and I think the text, I'll pull it up. The text is something in the lines of, I already want to punch Hellboy in the face and the nuts. I know, he's just, and I, look, I'm i a big Ron Perlman fan, generally. Generally, me he's too. fantastic, but he's, he's clearly taken this seriously. And nobody else is. Not even Claire Falani is taking this seriously. No. She's just like, what the fuck is this shit? I don't care. I'm getting paid. Like, whatever. Um, yeah. It's, yeah. So, whilst Mark's looking for the text, I think we'll the, we'll start diving in then. Um, yeah, the, the text says, uh, Hepburn last night, Uwe Ball tonight, the things I go through for these fucking shows. Without, um, at least Hepburn's only three minutes long. I'm five minutes into this shit and I already want to kick Hellboy in the nuts and face. <laughs> Um, Hepburn, by the way, not Audrey. We're talking about the uh, early to- late nineties, early two thousands girl band. Hepburn. I was going to say quote, quote unquote uh, band. Um, yeah, you'll, as, you'll find out why I'm saying as referenced on the Powerpuff Girls episode of SMPD. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so I've got my notes as usual. I've got pages and pages and pages. I don't. And pages. Um, <laughs> there's a lot to write about with this film. Um, first thing that immediately jumps out at me, though, and I've, I'd forgotten both these people were in the film. Um, what the fuck is the actual age difference between Ray Liotta and Lily Sobieski? Because that's that's creepy as all hell, and we open with that. Yeah, uh, and it's it was one of those. I was looking at thinking, right, that that just it it doesn't. It's just wrong. It, do, it's, it doesn't seem like a natural place to start either. It's, no. you know, from from a, from a story point of view, and we'll come on to the story aspect, um, but... Was there a, I missed the story. <laughs> Fuck. That, that's what I mean. Um, but, you know, it's not way... It's, even for a, a shit intentional B-movie, if, if that's what you want to call this, that's not where you start. You, you know, you, you do need to start somewhere at the beginning. of. Uh, even, well, even, you have to kind of set up where you're going. And this I doesn't mean, we, do we, that. We, we kind of need to start with our hero um, well, but we yeah. don't spend enough time with throughout the course of the film anyway and that is part of the problem is this film is schizophrenic um, that's one way of looking at it yeah but I mean yeah we start there and then we cut to the state um, and just my initial thought which I thought even just looking at the poster this is like medieval times yeah yeah is it we'll like we'll say this is attempt at Lord of the Rings and it obviously is but it's not majorly high fantasy it's more of a kind of medieval epic yeah um now how the fuck do you manage to get a really neat shaven head in medieval times like <laughs> what barbers is he going to i don't know but i think i think i think job. i need to go because fucking hell you know yeah that, that's not a big job that's an that's an electric razor that isn't it that's like a number that's one, somebody number two, with very good know. swordsmanship yeah, I mean, that, that's pretty that's, fucking impressive. I mean, and, you, and later you really on, need to trust your fucking barber at that point, don't you? I mean, later on, some of the beards on display are magnificent. Like, <laughs> it's totally well-groomed. They're clearly using product. Um, yeah, Commander like, Tarish in particular. Yes. Oh, yes. by Brian White. Absolutely yes. beautiful. Yeah. yeah, yeah, some really impressive facial hair on display. Yeah. Um, so, you know, these even things even annoy Lillard's us on this show. Well, he's got the very uh, close... Uh, chin thing aren't they yeah yeah so i mean it's generally mark picking those kind of holes and me going ah it doesn't matter forget about it uh no it fucking <laughs> you beat, matters you beat me to it this week because well there's just nothing else to distract you is there it's just there's so little else going on that you're like i wonder how he shaves his fucking head <laughs> <laughs> well i mean you get this this whole thing as well i mean the the, the scene 
where he's picking up whatever vegetable it is. You know, he's, he's teaching his kid how to... Don't how talk to... about his kid like that. It's rude. <laughs> <laughs> he's, so he's, he's, he's teaching um, his, uh, his, his kid how to pull... Are they turnips or no, some sort Eggs. of radioactive... Some sort of radioactive fucking fruit because they're fucking ginormous, uh, and how to pull them out of the ground. Okay, fine. There's a life lesson there, and it's all kind of boring. It's a sort of preamble shit you get before the story starts. Fine, I get that, but the kid is so fucking annoying. At what point? At what point do you, as as his father, would you not just pick up a shovel and twat him with it? I mean, I mean, use the boomerang because I mean it's got to be there for a reason. Check off boomerang. We'll get get, onto that later. on. I'll get to the fucking boomerang later on. I've got so many fucking boomerang. Uh, I mean, we are introduced to it here. He yeah. throws the boomerang around for no good reason other than to show us that he has a boomerang. Yeah, and we get um, this whole thing with his kid, oh, you missed, so I, did, I wasn't trying to hit them. Okay, fine, so you set that up fine, and that's great, and we'll come on to that later on because, fuck, physics. But, you know, we'll get to that. Um, but, yeah, so you, you get this sequence, and then Hellboy fucking strolls up. and they Oh, have oh this... before all that, we, we get, like, we, we learn our hero's name. You know, it's, it's a seminal moment that we oh, learn yeah. that this... This majestic figure of a man who's who's going to lead the armies into battle and be our hero. It's important that we understand that he has a suitably macho name, <laughs> something that you can really rally behind. Um, so I'm really glad that they called him Farmer. Um, I mean, that took all of thirty fucking seconds. Didn't well, it? they they do try to they there there is a very crappy attempt oh, yeah, to they justify try to explain it. it away that, in the kind yeah, of that, that no, are, son would be Smith and so yeah, on. no, he, he, he believes fuck he off. believes that you are what you do. Well, fuck that noise. I I, I don't want to be walk around being called arsehole. Well, then why isn't he called Flying Kick? Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, if, if that's what it is, then. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. I mean, yeah, so, I mean, you get that, and that's fucking horrendous, and th- there's a couple of things with that later on. Um, but, yeah, so, um, yeah, I mean, this this first scene, I say, Hell, this is the first time we see um, Von Perlman, whose character I can't fucking remember his name, because he was that important. Um, and he comes up, and they have this really, really banal conversation about trading a pig for crops or some fucking thing. I kind of lost the will to live There's a lot point. of banal conversation in this film. Yeah. I, I switched mean, that, off to it. I, I mean, that was kind of the first one, and that was that was when I texted you saying I wanted to punch him in the nuts on the face. Um, and you get this thing where he's sort of cracking a joke with a kid, but you can't tell because his tone doesn't change and his delivery doesn't change from the really monotonous conversation with well, Statham. When, when they're having dinner and he's like properly trying to crack jokes with the kid, and then he like goes to tickle the kid and stuff. Yeah. No, he makes a monster sound or something. Like Yeah, he, yeah, he pulls this sort of you know, sloth from the Goonies face, doesn't he? Yeah, nobody should ever ask Ron Perlman to do that kind of shit. It's clearly <laughs> not in his wheelhouse. No, it's absolutely like, I not. I never ever want to see him doing that ever again. <laughs> I want to see him scowl and punch things in the face that's what yeah, he's good at that's what he's for yeah like playing with kids that's not what he does like <laughs> he's he's just like creepy grandpa at this point yeah <laughs> um, yeah you're right so i don't need that um then we get our introduction to burt reynolds as well yeah um, and just right okay my first technical problem with the film there is a cut out of the Burt Reynolds scene, which is just absolutely horrible. There is way too much space in the cut. Yeah. Um, and then we're into this scene then where there's loads of cross cuts. It's as if we want to move time on so we can get to the battle and stuff. They, they do this later on as well. They do it when they're walking through the woods. Yeah, oh, they, yeah. They, when they're walking through the woods, it's fucking awful. It's horrendous. Um, I mean, I, I, I mean, I don't normally pick these out. I know if it's really ugly, I'll spot it. But a lot of the time, I can kind of forgive it. But that one, it was just like, oh, what the fuck did you do that for? Yeah, it's it's terrible. There's a series of crosscuts, and and this is at a point where we're trying to build tension because we're building up to this first battle. 
Yeah. And these crosscuts just kill it completely. There yeah. is no tension in this battle by the time it comes. Um, and then these fucking Power Ranger villains show up. Um, <laughs> what are they? Sp- uh, orcs? Are they supposed to be orcs? They give they're them a name, cr- don't they? They're Krug. Krug. Okay. Yeah. Um, because they can't call them orcs. Yeah, but they basically are orcs. Um, yeah. But they're like the really cheap fucking Power Ranger version of orcs. They look like something Rita Repulsa would fucking summon. Yeah. Um, and they move like it too. Uh, so, like. I don't, but I've got to be fair then we get this first battle scene and like it's it's not bad this this first battle scene is okay um, it's I mean some some of the um some of the shots are a bit iffy that there's one where for no reason whatsoever you go probably 270 degrees around Statham oh I mean no, the line doesn't exist in this I mean film. You, get, they, get, get, they get that so you, you go from his right side all the way around to his back or from his front right to his left side so you've been behind him you know there's no fucker there then they cut away then they cut back and there's somebody standing directly behind him I get they're trying to do that from for a dramatic reason, but it doesn't work because you've just fucking been behind him, so you know there's no cunt there. Yeah, it's I mean it's terrible, but you know the the setting we're in the village and stuff, whereas every other fucking fight that we see pretty much just takes place in a forest because forests are free. Yeah, um, I was going to say you you haven't got to build forests or pay for them. No, uh, whereas this one's in some fucking village somewhere, and and he busts out the boomerang like we get Chekhov's boomerang. Like yeah, you could have strung that out a little bit more, I think. But yeah. Straight but again, with, with a boomerang, right? I'm I'm not an expert, but I'm fairly sure when you throw them, if they hit things, they change course or stop. I mean, yeah, physics would dictate that it would fucking stop if it hit yeah. something, wouldn't it? it, would, it would <laughs> the only just... time that happens, it gets lodged in a tree later on. But every other time it comes out, it hits four, five, ten different fucking orcs and comes back to him. I'm fairly sure that's not how boomerangs work. I mean, I guess it depends on the skill of the thrower. Like, if you. If it's like a Captain Boomerang affair where it's got a blade maybe on the boomerang, which this doesn't, but if it did, no, because I mean, and the, the, your intention was just not, to kind yeah. of skim the throat, then I yeah. guess it would go past, open yeah, the throat that, up, and then that I could live with as long as it wasn't passing my throat. Um, no, that I could be on board with, but the fact is, it hits these things in the chest or the head and bounces off, so clearly it's ricocheting off, but then it carries on in its nice little arc and comes back to him. That's not how fucking boomerangs, that's not how physics works, no, um, but whatever I'll, I'll let it go but I, for, for all i'm taking the piss out of it i do like the boomerang i do think it's cool it's not a weapon you see often enough it, it gives it's him not, a better character it, it, it does and from that part that perspective i'm fine it's the actual use of it because yeah, oh, yeah it, it doesn't you, fucking work at yeah, all use it and have him fucking have to go fucking finding it every time he throws it and it hits somebody knocks him off a cliff or knocks him off the horse or whatever he's got to pick it up before he can throw it again that's but, fine you know, i can live on, with that on the list of, of things in this that are you know, actually scientifically correct. This one actually it's probably closer than, for instance, oh, I don't know, uh, lighting yourself on fire and jumping in a catapult. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to come on to that later on. Uh, one of my favourite yeah. bits, I, and I've legitimately written in my notes, this is the best thing that has happened in this film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that one did make me laugh. So, um, and I think... Well, yeah, we'll get to that when we get to it. Yeah, we'll get to it. So, I mean, the fight's not too bad. Ron Perlman is giving precisely zero shits throughout the yeah. whole thing. It's, it's it's like, it's weird. He starts the film off and, like, really goes for it. Then whenever there's action, he just seems to sleepwalk. And then whenever he gets dialogue again, he really goes for it. I, I don't know what the fuck is going on with him. But, yeah, he's, he's terrible in this film. Um and then I've just got more technical notes about the editing. Um, I've written it's worse than Game of Thrones, and that's fucking saying something. That is saying something. But, I mean, there's, 
there's some stuff here, you know, editing wise, just talking about how, how edit works with putting a story together as well. Farmer kills like the first projection of, of Rayleigh Otter or whatever they're supposed to be. Like yeah. his his projections. But we don't really understand that that's what they are at this point. And Rayleigh Otter is directly addressing the camera. Yeah. So before you hear the voice coming out of it for a good two or three lines of dialogue. So I'm just watching it going, who the fuck is he talking to? Like he's literally staring down the lens and talking at us. I, I, he says, what does he say? I've written it down here. Um, well done, a man with spirit, huh? Who the fuck are you talking to? Like, well, this is this is it because at this point we we've not established that he no he's we, we no we, we've established he's in this big fucking blue cloudy thing. Yeah, but how, we there's no there's no no reference to how that relates to the battle or what's going on or anything. He's, he's and, literally just addressing the audience. It is completely yeah, wall breaking. Yeah, you get that, and then you get a reverse where we see this fucking cloudy image of Statham in front of him, so he can clearly see what's going on. Yeah, but until we until that point, it's like, hang on, what the fuck? Yeah, it's yeah, it's bad, 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 bad. But as a, I mean, my next, the choreography isn't bad, to be fair, not in this sequence anyway. Um, but I mean, Rayleigh Otter. Once we once we've established that he's talking to Statham, and they have their first kind of. Not really face to face because it's through this kind of spirit thing, whatever it is. Um, he's just fucking great. He is just chowing down on. He's brought his own fucking knife and fork and napkin to this party. <laughs> like, he is chowing down on the scenery. He's fucking yeah, he amazing. Is. He really is. Um, he, I mean, he's gone full Joey and just pulled his own little fork out of his pocket <laughs> and just been like, hold on, I'm gonna go for this chair here. And yeah, he's fucking great. Um, yeah, but the thing, I mean, you you kind of know in this sort of product. You know that's what he's going to do. You know what you're getting with Rayleigh Otter. If he's working with Scorsese, you know you don't get this. Well, no, because he'll rein him in. But if you don't yeah. rein him but in... But any, anybody else is just going to, fuck it, it's Rayleigh Otter. That's what he does. He's fucking Rayleigh Otter. Yeah, yeah, but just... that's because Uwe Boll doesn't direct his actors. Because oh, one hell of no. the biggest problems no with this film is that with a couple of exceptions, every single member of this cast is acting in a completely different film. You've got... Ray Liotta, who is doing the full Liberace, super camp, villain, borderline panto performance, like properly yeah. getting hammy. You've got Matthew Lillard, who's taken it way beyond that. And he's like, if everyone else is like coming in at somewhere between a two and a five, he's gone the full 420. Um, <laughs> Burt Reynolds is like a point five because the whole look on his face the whole time is the slow dawning realisation of the film that he has signed up to being and he is not happy to be there. And then you've yeah, got... he's just realised he's not being paid enough. Yeah, and he's and got, got a very Lily limited Spisky, time left as well. Like she's in... Yeah, and Lily Spassky <laughs> is acting like she's in some kind of like slow burn, understated, coming of age, like romance indie drama, which is completely out of keeping with everything else. So you do... Some of the, some of the actors kind of realise they're in the same film and there's moments where scenes kind of hang together because at least the actors have universally decided on a this is how we'll pitch it. But then the problem is, is then you get, it's the reason why the romance between, what's her name, Muriela and um, Ray Liotta just doesn't work is because the yeah. two of them are in such different films. Plus he is literally old enough to be your grandfather. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, it's, yeah, that never helps. It's all kinds of wrong. Um, but yeah, you're right. It's, there is at least three different films here that are not hanging together at all. Um, I think about the best you see two people work together and even they have problems 
is whenever you get Claire Falani and Jason Statham, because at least they understand what the relationship is, and she's the through line for him. Um, mm. They completely fuck that up, or at least I think they do when we get to the end. Maybe I missed something that was seeded earlier. I probably did. Um, but I mean, I'm going to say that anyway because it's fucking it's Brandy, it's Claire Falani. Like she's yeah, she's great. Um, it took me about half an hour earlier to remember what her name was. It's Brandy, in, uh, more or less. yeah, yeah. It took me it took me fucking ages. She'll always be Brandy. Um, so. Yeah, where was I? Uh, yeah, Ray Liotta. Um, and then as if he isn't hammy enough, is at this point they really ramp the fucking score up to the point where you can't even hear the actors properly. And the score in this film is just so poorly pitched. It's so overwhelming. Yeah. Like, besides I mean, the fact the volume is cranked all the way up, he's literally gone to somebody and gone, right, give me your best Lord of the Rings knockoff score. I, what, are you, what are you scoring, Bob? Oh, I don't care. Just give me some fantasy bullshit. And then he's just yeah. taken it and chopped it up and just thrown it at random spaces throughout the film. Like, yeah. But again, even the mix is off because, I mean, you said about the, the volume out there. We we had, we had replaced our TV because the um, part of the, the setup had gone and you could hear um, music or background more than you could hear voices. Um, it was really fucking annoying. So we replaced our TV. And I literally put this put this on yesterday. And I thought I was watching on the old TV because it was just like, oh, I can't fucking hear any talking. I can just hear this really shitty score. No, that's the mix. Well, it's really yeah. shitty sound script. But yeah, it's, it's a mix. I, put, I ended up putting it on my iPad and watching it this morning and it was exactly the same. Yeah, that's, that's the mix. The score is just overwhelming. Um, and then to round this section off, we get this horrendous... We, we talk all the time on Game of Moans about sort of opening a scene late and ending it early and how that's absolutely the best way to edit but we get this horrendous end to the battle scene where Farmer walks around his house, all the way around his house in the longest route possible <laughs> until he's out of view. Then we linger on the house for a little bit more and then we fade to black. Like, <laughs> what the fuck is that? Is that literally... Well, like, it, it, like, Lord of the Rings is this long, so he wants this film to be nearly that. So let's just... I was going to say, he, he, his runtime was a little bit low. It was only two hours and seven minutes, as it was. So, you know... Cut, cutting off a couple of seconds there, that would have made all the difference. I mean, that's assuming that you are watching the original edit, because let's not forget, there is the director's cut yeah. that's got oh, I was the watching the original scenes. Oh, fuck that. Yeah. I was watching the original. Yeah, the, I couldn't take any more. Yeah, I was, I was reading about it earlier. The director's cut, there's 150, it's a 156-minute version. Um, it was supposed to be included on the DVD, but then the, um, when they released it, they went, nah, fuck that, we don't want to do it. So when it came on the Blu-ray, they put it on there. Jesus. Um, and sales of that actually grossed more than the box office for the film i mean probably because by that point everybody's going have you seen how fucking bad this yeah. film is well that's it it's, it's the stuff of urban legend by that yeah. isn't it? so this is this is like the worst thing ever but it's so not you've got to go fun and bad is it that's the thing like no it's, like it's not so bad some of ball's other stuff is is fun bad this is just bad bad it's awful um like so he he walks around the house and, and we cut to black and then i think we're then back with Lily Sobieski, we might, or we might be, I don't know, we go somewhere else anyway to one of the other three or four different storylines. And it just feels like somehow on the way to the studio, like some intern somewhere just dropped the script and then they just picked <laughs> it back up and just go, oh, that scene could go there, that one could go there. And like he hasn't paginated anything, so nobody knows because that takes time and Ball doesn't do time. So they've just like kind of just mishmashed all these scenes back together because that's how it fucking feels i was gonna say nobody fucking noticed if that's what's happening no um and then everybody just starts speaking in exposition like so much exposition is spoken out loud in these opening scenes that uh, but 
like these scenes last for seconds. Like oh, there's there's a scene here between, for instance, um, Burt Reynolds and Matthew Lillard, where we get in the space of about five seconds, we get the information that Matthew Lillard is next in line to the throne because he's the nephew, and that Rayleigh Otter is a threat. And then there's even some hint at Farmer being out there as well. And it's like, hang on, all of that just happened in like 10 seconds. And you literally yeah. said those things out loud. Like, <laughs> I, I I cannot keep up because I'm still trying to fight to hear the dialogue through the fucking score. And I'm still here just wondering how the hell the boomerang didn't stop and why Farmer walked all the way around <laughs> his fucking house. And who the hell is Ray Liotta talking to? And why did they cast Neely Sobieski when she's like young enough to be his granddaughter? So I've got all these things going on and you want me to keep up with this lightning quick exposition, which incidentally is also fucking piss poor. Um, yeah, but but nobody cares about that side of it because they just want to see more orcs fighting, obviously. Uh, well, look, the thing is, if this was like 80 minutes of Jason Statham kicking orcs in the face, I'd probably be all yeah. right. I'd just be like, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. You, yeah. you know, he throws boomerangs at orcs and kicks them in the face. Like, yeah, don't take that, you know. But no, it's not that because we have this just bullshit bolted onto it. So then we have like... The most obvious, I think, Lord of the Rings homage, where all of a sudden the three guys have got to go on this quest, so they start walking through the forest. And we get, oh. like, two or three minutes of walking, where it dips to and, black and then opens it. You know, and, yeah. and in Lord of the Rings... And fucking plants move it. Yeah, yes, and plants move, yeah. Good point. Oh, right, okay. So, the problem with the whole forest concept is that the forest is made up of conifers, right? Conifers do not have what is known as a canopy. So when they all come abseiling down on their fucking vines, like, you would have fucking seen them because there would have been nowhere for them to hide. There's no fucking branches. There's no fucking canopy. Yeah, that wasn't my problem with this scene. My problem was Charlie's fucking wood nymphs. <laughs> well, no, yeah, I mean, I if mean... you've got Cirque du Soleil, you've got to make use of them. Like, look at the poses. Like, that's some upper body strength. <laughs> I mean, again, just what the fuck? You know? I mean, I mean, but even before they show up, we've got these... Just these scenes where they're walking through the forest, and like, look in Lord of the Rings, and and I, I know both Mark and I are fully subscribed to the it's just two hours of walking theory, um, but at least that walking, you know, you get these grand aerial shots sweeping over and everything. This is literally a bunch of static camera shots that fade to black and then fade back up from black. It's fucking awful. Yeah. I mean, it gets worse earlier on where they use the the jaws cut where they just like. Oh, they white. Yeah. Swinging across. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Star Wars. This ain't. You know. Um, Jesus Christ. But yeah. Then, then we get Charlie's wood nymphs, as you say. Um, and then, like, there's there's this horrible line then where we we cut back because you know we've spent all of ten seconds in a scene somewhere, so we have to get out of it quickly. Yeah. Um, we cut back to some stuff with um, Jonathan Rhys Davis and uh, Lily Sobieski, and we get the line. She's a daughter troubling herself with the affairs of men. Oh, oh yeah. Jesus Christ. But there, there are quite a few of those. That's, that's not the first one I picked up or camera was on, but there are quite a few instances where he's very clearly gone, right, I need, I need to make this slightly less misogynistic than I normally do. I need to make a comment about female empowerment or something. And then he kind of doesn't really work out what that is. But there are three or four occasions where, he, where you, you, think, you think, oh, he's yeah, trying there. He just really hasn't fucking pulled it off. No, yeah, I mean the whole the whole thing is if her storyline is meant to be that she goes into battle and she proves herself, then she needs to prove herself. But like the one sort of quote unquote heroic action that she manages to take happens later on in the film, where spoiler hmm. alert, she manages to capture 
Matthew Lillard, but even then, she's not the one that captures him. The wood nymphs no. do it. She just picks yeah. him up off the vines and like takes him away. So that's done for her. That's not on her own. And then there's also the other big moment towards the end, which I've got a lot of comments about because I think there is a bit of a Freudian moment there because considering all of the books and the literature involved, where she's firing off magic. But even then, she's not somebody that makes any kind of like killing blow against the man that's like you know been warping and stealing her magic like she's just she's just there but even before that she is given her power by her father yeah it's not even hers it's not something not even hers no nothing whatsoever her her entire arc is pointless it goes yeah well it starts nowhere it fucking finishes nowhere yeah that's the thing a lot of these stories are pointless because they don't interconnect like ideally She's our she's our B story. She's our number two, and she ends up intersecting with Farmer round about the midpoint of Act Two, so that the pair of them can go off and fight Ray Liotta together. But that doesn't happen. She just bumbles around for ninety percent of the film, shows up at the end in armor, and goes away. I mean, she she's purely there because this was based on Dungeon Siege, and there's hmm. like a female knight character in Dungeon Dungeon Siege, isn't there? Like that's yeah. that's it basically. Uh, from what I know of it, I played very little Dungeon Siege back in the day, but I, I do remember a lot of the promo art. So, and, and incidentally, like, I know Uwebol's whole thing is like, let's pick up video game franchises cheap and fill them with A-listers, and, you know, obviously they do make money, but even back then, well, who the fuck didn't. cared about Dungeon Siege? Like, what the... Well, that's it. But that was it. That's why we picked them up cheap. He picked up games that nobody fucked the game franchise. No, no, yeah, but I mean, wanted. at least like you know, House of the Dead, Alone in the Dark, Far Cry. Um, you know, these these are franchises that people kind of know of. You know, Postal even. These these are franchises that people kind of know of and, and play to an extent. They may be. Uh, House of the Dead is probably an A-list game. I think he's like it's had God knows how many sequels and spin-offs. Oh uh, yeah, like, true. Yeah. Sega, it's a Sega product. Like this is. The fuck gives a fuck about Dungeon Siege? What? Well, it's not about Dungeon Siege, though, is no, it? It's about everyone's obsessed with Lord of the Rings, so I want to do Lord of yeah. the Rings. And I swear to God, that's the reason why there's a boomerang in there because he was just like, oh, Lord of the Rings is made in New Zealand. Boomerang's Australian, but you know what? A fucking close enough. enough. So they're all the same. They're all the same. Yeah. It's fine. Like, like what's the difference? Like, <laughs> 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 they're all the same. They're not straight white males, so it doesn't matter. Um, yeah, check me out. I've got I've got some black guys, and he's like the captain of the guard, and I've given him this like backstory where he intersects with Matthew Lillard. So there's like you know tension there, and look, he's even got the attractive facial scarring along with the beautiful beard, and he's also one of the few actors that, God bless his heart, is really fucking trying. He's actually yes, pretty he good. Is. I'll be honest, he's pretty. He's, good. He is pretty good. Um, so yeah, we get. We get that fucking line. Uh, but then we get one of the, I think, best things about the film, right? Now, it's because we cut outside the castle and we start seeing the army amassing and stuff. Now, considering the age of this, and well, I've written considering the budget as well, but as you've just said, the budget was actually pretty substantial. Um, the CG backgrounds, they, they're not that bad. Like, they're better than most of the shit we've, we see in we've Game seen, of We've seen worse. Yeah. Uh, I said, we've seen they, a lot worse. At least, they blend, at least the CG backgrounds blend with the foregrounds. Yeah, they're pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Like whoever did the CG was was on point. Um, so uh, yeah, and then we, but the, you know, you get that and it looks good. And then we cut into the like the mages or, or the magi's or what, what do they call magi's? Aren't they? They're magi's, not mages. Mage, magi, ma- yeah. Magi, magi's, yeah. There you go. They're on the battlements, and then we cut. So you got John Henry Davis on the battlements talking to like the the head of the guard, and then we instantly cut to him talking to his daughter, like no, without even I- jumping the line. 
It cuts to the oh, guard, wait, wait. cuts back to him, then cuts to his daughter. Like, it, yeah. it's horrendous. Like, how does that even work? We've literally just lost a whole scene. But it's been edited in but such we, a way that it looks as though it's the same fucking scene. Yeah, but we, we've already established that he can, like, teleport and shit, so it, it doesn't really matter. Um, yeah. And he doesn't really give a fuck anyway, because he's like, I've got, I've got my $60 million budget, I don't give a fuck, I'll do what I like. It's, it's fucking. It's, it's worse than Game of Thrones. It really is. Like the editing is worse than Game of Thrones. Um, Especially because in the fight scenes, you've got Jason Statham, and one of the benefits when you've got Jason Statham as one of your leads in an action film is he can do pretty much all of his own stunts. So you don't have to do this awkward like cutting away, filming from the back, so you can't see the stuntman. Like you know, you can get up close and personal, and you can see his face, and you can see him doing all of the work. But they cut away from the action like way too quick. So he starts the movement, and you never see like the hit land or the punch land, or you you'll suddenly see this flying kick. But you, the, the the action's not continuous, and then all of a sudden, the next second, he's swirling the sword round, and it's like it, it's so like staccato beats. It doesn't work. It doesn't flow as an action. No, no, you're, you're right. Um, and then in our story, we find out that like Matthew Lillard has conspired with Ray Liotta to poison the king. Um, the king's at death's door right one minute but then seemingly makes a full recovery in the space of about a minute minute and a half and is able to climb on his horse and go out and lead his army into battle no it's because John Reese Davis has magical healing hands and he just needs to like wipe over his tummy and he wipes the bad away did you miss that bit because it was I might have missed that the the like the crappiest healing touch ever like just he literally stands there with his hands above Burt Reynolds stomach for a second sort of vaguely moves them horizontally and then he's like right he's better yeah. uh, we missed yeah. all and that to be fair I, I may have if poison yeah but if poison is cured that easily then why the fuck did the other like Ray Liotta even attempt to do that on the king when he knows the king's got his own magician that can just like wave his magic hands and save him but the only person he's going to take up with that plot more, yeah, and, and more importantly than all of that, if as we find out by the end, like Ray Liotta's gone full batshit crazy, like he's gone total Vader, complete rogue, right? Well, he's gone, he's gone Ray Liotta, really, hasn't he? Yeah, like he's done the he's done the leather trench coat. Yeah, yeah. Why? Evil. Why the fuck are we playing cloak and dagger and pissing about with poison? Why didn't he just teleport into the king's chambers, fucking magic fucking his head off his fucking shoulders, and just take control with all of his fucking orcs? Like, well, it, well, this, he's not this is being the thing. I mean, dagger about this, is he? No, and, and this is the problem I had later on as well. When we get to the um, the the the, the, the climactic fight uh, fight scene, he we've seen him use magic all the fucking way through. Why is he waving a bastard sword around all of a sudden? Oh yeah, we'll get to that when we get to it. Yeah, um, he, he, yeah, that final fight is fucking dreadful for a lot of reasons. Um, <laughs> so now at this point, right? So the king rides out on his horse. The CG army is terrible, by the way. The backgrounds are good. The CG army's clearly fucking a load of repeated, just models. It is terrible. Um, we are fifty-three minutes into the film here, and I do not give a flying fuck about any of these characters except for Farmer. Okay, but if this is Farmer's story, I'm not even that fucking bothered about him. I've got to be honest. Well, it's because we haven't spent any fucking time with him. This is yeah. Farmer's story, and out of fifty-three minutes, we've probably seen him for like ten, fifteen. The rest of it, we spend so f- dicking around in the castle. But because there's so much else, there's so many of these. Um, I, I don't want to call them subplots because that's a fucking lie. Uh, Someone's stealing Helen's car. 
ceiling hell in Tower's for over. Throw a boomerang um, at them. <laughs> um, Sorry, yeah, like, like pro- my neighbour's car seemed to agree with how bad this this film is because it needed to put his ten cents in. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the the whole thing is that actually we're fifty whatever minutes in at this point, but there are so many little strands like Game of Thrones where they're trying to shoehorn so much into it at the expense of an actual storyline where you go, all right, okay, well I'm following from point A to B to C to D. I'm going, oh well, I'm going from A to Z to Y to Q to P to B. Oh, I don't fucking know. So it's no wonder we don't care about it because nobody's had any fucking screen time. No, and, and, and nobody, you've had not had enough time to get time, a throughput. They've got no fucking story anyway, apart from Farmer, yeah. who has a very linear. Now, like Farmer's yeah. Quest works. Like Save the Maiden is fine. Like that is exactly what this film needs to be. But hmm. we don't spend enough time with that, and of course, it it becomes not that by the time we get to like Act sixty seven or whatever um, <laughs> because who needs a three act structure right um so nobody apparently yeah so then i mean get... don't don't mistake the director for having a phd in literature here chris no no it's not yeah it's not like he's dr <laughs> uobol or anything is it jesus no. fucking christ um <laughs> Let, let's be fair they give doctors to any fucker uh, well apparently so um you know crippin Kripp, had one harold shipman had one both of them arguably committed lesser crimes than they were born. No, <laughs> <laughs> neither were made in the name of the king. That's all I'm saying. Um, I mean, like, Bald murdered the hope in my soul last Friday when I watched this. So that <laughs> that makes him equally as bad, okay? And there wasn't very much there to begin with. Um, so. We get this this scene next, and like I say, Claire Falani's always always great, right? And I think her her performance in this scene isn't bad either. But again, the script and the direction that she's getting here, and we've talked about this on on the show before, where sometimes you can think you've got a bad actor, but you haven't. What you've got is a bad director, and she has a, bad script. a near fucking breakdown after having discovering that she's lost her son, and she's great, really good. Yeah. Um. And then Ron Perlman's response to her to try and console her is, don't worry, Farmer will come. And then everything's fine. <laughs> but she wasn't fucking concerned about Farmer in the first place. She's concerned about her fucking son. Yeah. And she's not concerned about herself, that she's being kidnapped. She's concerned because her son is dead. Like, But don't worry, Farmer's coming to fly and kick everyone in the face and throw some boomerangs. It'll be fine. Yeah. Um just makes no sense that no sense whatsoever but the scene plays that way um and then we get the first interaction between farmer and the majors the majors just shows up and starts talking to farmer um but we literally could have got to this point an hour ago like after the first battle yep. like the, well, the yeah, majors they had that, farmer they had is. that interaction yeah so there's no reason to not bring it up there and then well there's no reason this film shouldn't be about that there's no reason that you know the king's getting old he's looking for an heir there's no reason why the mage just doesn't show up in the middle of that first battle help farmer beat back the orcs and then go oh by the way spoilers uh you're the king's son like that's it's just bizarre yeah, to me. i mean there was some very thin exposition wasn't there with, the, with claire Blarney and the kid early on about why and why they call him farmer and the fact he doesn't know his family and all that sort of stuff it's a very thin uh very 
thin the uh, our very thin effort of making of giving him a backstory whereby he was he was an orphan and everybody brought him up and all this other shit. But again, it doesn't fucking land because it's so it's so throwaway. Yeah. It's... Well, yeah, and the other point as well is that the reason why he's chosen the name Farmer, as they very clearly state to each other, is because he believes a person's name is based on what they do. Um, but that's completely pointless in the world of the film and everything else. And almost by rights, we should see Jason Statham change his name a few times. Like, he starts off as Farmer and then he turns into, you know flying face kick and then he ends up as I'm a king not a criminal <laughs> yeah it only it only works in that context if you're, if you're called cock knocker yeah um uh, yeah it, it doesn't look any attempt made to explain the decisions in this film just falls flat it, like let's not let's not pretend that it doesn't okay yeah, it's like at some point somebody gave a fuck about this somewhere and just yeah, like, I don't know who. You can't do that. You have presumably to... his name was Doug Taylor because he's a country road. <laughs> um, well, maybe. Um, I, I don't think you write this though with any semblance of thinking it's good, do you? I think he's just gone back and gone. Well, I know it's not good, but it at least needs to hold together. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it should. They should have enough about it that they can make it and it'll make sense. Yes. Um, Swing and a miss. No. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Big style. Um... It's almost like. The entire film kind of plays out like Uwe Ball was sat in the pub with the writer and the writer was telling him What was that? What the fuck did you do that? Why? Um, and the writer and, and was And that telling... kid is why you shouldn't drink while you're recording. There's a lot of things I shouldn't do when we're recording. <laughs> um, and the writer was basically telling him in detail about his D&D character and like some of the fun wacky hijinks that had happened in his D&D campaign and Uwe Boll was just like great write it down but because they were drunk at the time they've missed out a whole bunch of context Con yeah, what? yeah what is that what's that do yeah um yeah we long for things with context on this network honestly um <laughs> so I mean as if as if all of this wasn't bad enough like this is where we cut to Liotta and out of nowhere he's just changed into this leather duster that for, for no good reason like i tell you what it was is that the wardrobe lady brought the wrong clothes leather it's i mean presumably this is supposed to signify some sort of transition for him like he's now more powerful but it's not because he's not, he had nothing strange for him no exactly that's what i'm saying so what the fuck are you transitioning from and to because he's exactly the bastard and saves apart from now he's in a different costume which is uh, it signifies nothing do you think yeah and he's lost he's lost the ascot of evil as well so i mean i was just about to say yeah do you think maybe he just looked in the mirror after the first day shooting and went no <laughs> fuck off <laughs> like this this isn't this isn't ray liotta this is not what ray liotta is no you fuck right off no. you're not paying me enough pal i'm coming to work in my own clothes tomorrow <laughs> it does feel that way it does you want me in your film you get you want ray liotta you're getting ray liotta eh bada bing bada boom <laughs> 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 it's, it's fucking ridiculous um and then oh and then we get lily bless her heart has to cry on camera or at least she's supposed to cry on camera um yeah somebody somebody didn't put a tear stick in the budget no she cannot shed a tear like she can't cry for shit like she doesn't even well up i get that she's supposed to be crying like her, her lip yeah. trembles a bit but she actually cannot cry it is awful 
absolutely awful. She did incidentally win a Razzie for a performance in this. Um, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't the only one, but I think this one quite a few, didn't it? Do you win or lose a Razzie? I'd win, surely. I mean, it's it's something to add to your CV, isn't it? Yeah, um, ball on worst director, and he's nominated for uh, worst picture, worst screenplay, worst supporting actress for Burt Reynolds, and worst supporting actress for Lily Kobiansky. I mean, for Burt Reynolds to end up with a Razzie, that's... I mean, that's that's a feat, isn't it? <laughs> like, to get Burt, yeah. Re- Burt fucking Reynolds, to get him to the point... Oh, no. you know. Yeah, fucking Cannonball Run, Smokey and the Bandit, all that, all the classic shit, right through to this. You kind of think your career's on a slide. I mean, Burt Reynolds is one of those actors that, like, you just turn a camera on and let him do whatever, and he's watchable. So... I know, I, I was looking earlier on, actually. I, I was on IMDb earlier. He, he has done some shit. Oh, he's done some fucking atrocious shit, but he's just but got so much it. charisma... That yeah, it just counts he's, a he's bit still, like Jason he's, Statham. Yeah, yeah. He, he's still Burt Reynolds, but you look at him in this, and you've gone. You literally go. You why the fuck am I doing this? I mean, he doesn't. He doesn't care by this point. He's just looking for funeral expenses. Like, but <laughs> <laughs> gives a fuck. I think he's probably all right. Well, I've just found an interesting bit of trivia as well on IMDb, which is apparently Burt Reynolds saw Kevin Smith and Juliette Lewis, who were filming on an adjacent set. Uh, come on to production and steal two boxes of Krispy Kreme donuts. Amazing. Considering the way that Matthew Lillard attacks that food in the poisoning scene, <laughs> I think actually, like, the reason why he's so pissed off in the film is because the craft services are shit. <laughs> I mean, that's amazing. <laughs> I, that's just fucking brilliant. I mean, how do you thing is though like knowing who a ball like you see those two wander on the set how do you not just grab them and go right stand in front of the camera just just cameo yeah i'll give you yeah. the donuts yeah. just just say this yeah. god knows we've got enough random side scenes yeah. or in kevin smith's case don't don't say this just stand there yeah and just just, just in the background for, for a couple yeah, of minutes pull a, pull a face yeah, yeah. you'd be fine yeah fucking amazing um as if i didn't love the man enough already uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so so yeah she right so she can't cry but then, how the fuck do we go from that to a tooling up scene with her? Like, I get that the transition is supposed to be that, like, she's at rock bottom, she's going to fight back, she's going to take the otter out, but we don't get enough to make that leap. So, to go from all of a sudden, like, I'm, I'm supposed to be crying, but I can't, to, right, I'm going to murder every motherfucker, and she's putting all her armour on and doing a full-on tooling up, just makes no sense whatsoever. I'm surprised you're still looking for sense and meaning at this point. I'm always looking for sense. It's never too late to give up hope. Um, After about 40 seconds of this fucking thing, it was. (laughs) I mean, having said that, I think, I think aside from Battlefield Earth and 365 Days for an entirely different reason, so I'm discounting that one. Aside from Battlefield Earth, this is the only thing we've watched whereby, like, the 30-odd minute mark, I was just like, I I don't know if I can do this. I I really don't know if I can make it. Even, Even fucking Mac and me I managed to make it all the way through without <laughs> doubting myself. But this motherfucking... Well, this is just shit. If if we hadn't been doing this show tonight, I would not have made it to the end. Simple oh, no, I, I would not have even entertained watching it. No, again. I wouldn't have put it on the first place. I mean, the only reason I, I was happy to watch it was um, we've got um, Rakuten TV and there's a lot of free shit on there. You, you do have ads, but it's free. So I don't mind watching a film with like some five ads over the course of two hours because fuck, why not? But it was free. If I don't pay for this motherfucker, it wouldn't have been on the list. Oh yeah, I mean, I got it on Amazon Prime. Yeah, I would not be paying money for this. Um, I mean, you don't have to. I'm saying as long as you don't mind Turkish subtitles, there is another very well-known 
media platform which has the full uncut <laughs> glory. I mean, if it was dubbed in Turkish, I might give it a look. It might be more interesting. To be <laughs> so, I yeah. Mean, that, that, um, that's part of my thing with the dialogue. It does some of it. It reads like they, some of it. Re- some of it reads like they try to recreate what you had in medieval literature. I kind of get that. The other bits of it, it's like they've tried that, but then written it in another language and tried to translate it, and it's kind of like the German hasn't really come out of it. So, I mean, it's, it's sometimes I do wonder if, if we are watching it in the right language. Yeah. Um... I mean, I, I don't think it makes any difference what language you watch it in. Shit is shit, isn't it? Well, yeah. <laughs> but mate, it would just be more entertaining to us, I think, to watch everybody just babbling away in foreign accents. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I was actually quite grateful to be watching it in English because I've spent the past six months watching everything subtitled because it's either been in Chinese or Korean. So at least this way, because it was in English, I could actually paint my nails while I was watching. Oh, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Um, so we get uh so right i'm just trying to work out where we are in the fucking film now because i've looked up from my notes i'm trying to find any fucking semblance all right yeah that's where right so lily's tooling up yeah and then we get just the most horrendous dialogue from john reese davis where he says the king has a special interest in him uh may as well just be raising an eyebrow while he says it and like but, but is point, that is that but, like a fucking Gary Glitter special interest or what? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> is he going to try well, and fuck I mean, him later on? The thing with Ray Otter and Lee is <laughs> nearly that, isn't it? Um, but you know, for fuck's sake, just say it. Like we're all ten steps. We all blatantly know, and not just because we've seen it before. We all blatantly know what's going on here. It's been obvious for the last forty-five fucking minutes. But like, it's a, it's the sort of thing as well. You 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 look at it and you're looking for what it is, and you think, yeah, it's got to be that because it's so fucking obvious. But with this film, it could literally be anything else. It, it could, could be, be that actually that yeah. his, his mother was a dwarf and he, he threw off a bridge once. <laughs> that could be the connection. We don't. I wouldn't put anything past this fucking film. I mean, that would be better. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd actually probably prefer the film. That but nobody way. tosses a dwarf, don't forget. Especially not John Reese Davis. No. Uh, but so, so I'm just like, at this point, like, just fucking say it. Because we have this foreshadowing and this dreadful line. But then literally within the next 10 seconds, he does fucking say it. Well, so yeah, why exactly. bother with the special interest line anyway? So then we get the revelation that, of course, he's the king's son. And like, honestly, I know this is supposed to be his Lord of the Rings, but look, this motherfucker's just read Game of Thrones, isn't he? Yeah. Like, there's, there's no two ways about it, okay? This this, this is Game of Thrones, essentially. Um, and th- so we get all of this exposition, but we are spending, at this point then, far too much time on it. Like, we get it. He's the prince. He can contest Matthew Lillard. That's all we need to know. Move on. But no, we spend fucking ages on the explanation of this and where he came from and how... He got to get to the village and the king doesn't know about him and none of this is important. We just need to know that he's the prince and he's got a rightful claim to the throne. Fine, he's Gendry. Fine, move on. Just deal with it. Um, only he has more agency than Gendry. Just. Um, but there is just so little fucking story here that we literally could have got to this point in the film in like half an hour, 40 minutes max. You don't even need that long. To this point, and we could have got away with a 90 minute film. Yeah, th- th- 90 30 minutes, minutes if you pushed it, would be honest. Yeah, at, at 90 minutes, I might have tolerated this. I still yeah. wouldn't have liked it, but I think it would have been tolerable my um, my general thing with a lot of films at the moment also in the last year or so has been that they're normally about 20 minutes too long there's normally about 20 minutes of fat in it yeah with this i'd say there's about two hours of fat in it easily 
But yeah, I mean, they, they could have quite easily cut this film to about 88 to 5 minutes. Just take out all the expositionary bullshit, and you're done. Now, move from scene to scene, keep it in order, cut out half the shit we don't need. Yeah. And so there's a lot of exposition, but there's a lot of repeated exposition as well. Just in case you didn't catch it the first twice, we'll throw it in again in a slightly different way. And yeah. it's, I mean, we talk about with Game of Thrones all the time. That it, it's not treating the audience with respect. It's not treating the audience as, as an entity that understands what the fuck is going on. It's like they've never seen a film before. They've never seen a story before. I've really got to hammer home what's going on. It's like, fuck me. I think certainly in Uwe Ball's case, it's, it's not so much being a storyteller and treating the audience with respect as it is that they are just cash cows. Um, they, yeah. they will pay money for his product. So, unfortunately, that's, I think that's what it is. But then, like, even though there's little story to get involved with, like, what we do have, at this point, Farmer's like a reluctant prince. He's been like, well, I don't want to be the prince, and I don't want to fight, and I don't want to do any of this. And then in the next fucking scene, he just rocks back up and goes, yeah, all right, I'll fight. Yeah, but What's happened in the meantime? Like, what? That's, that's the, the, whole, the, the whole reluctant hero thing. That's a fucking story in itself. Yeah, yeah. Drop, drop down the end of Act 1. Drop down the end of Act 1. Give him the first half of Act 2 to, you know, to come to terms with it and to actually get to a position where he needs to be that hero. And then have him fucking launch into it from midway through Act 2. That's how you do this shit. You don't say, all right, we're an hour and change in. Now we're going to change the entire fucking story. It, yeah, it's... There's at least three stories, isn't there? And, and two of them are farmers. You're right. Um, but nevertheless, he does come to the decision to fight. Um, and then, like, you get this line from... I, I can't even remember his fucking name, but the guy with the majestic beard, the head of the Kingsguard. Um, this line makes no fucking sense to me whatsoever. And it, it just stuck out to me as probably my least favourite in the, in the whole fucking thing, and that's saying something. He says... I'll be proud to have you fight by my side so that I can keep an eye on you. That makes no actual sense whatsoever. How can you be proud of someone and want to keep an eye on them? Yeah. Like, that I'll, is I'll contradictory. Be happy, I'll be happy to. I'll be grateful to. That's fine. Yes. Yeah, proud, not so much. Not proud? That makes no sense, does it? No. <laughs> so, off we go into another battle. You know, only the second proper battle, even though we're like coming up to an hour and 15, 20 minutes ish in, something like that now. Yeah. Um, yeah. And this is where you really noticed like the Hanna Barbera repeated shots. It is like watching the fucking Flintstones. Like the same orcs get hit with the same arrows. They use the same shot of archers, but flip it. Yeah. Which makes no sense because then they're firing in the wrong fucking direction. Yeah, because then they're firing on each other. I yeah. mean,. You're forgetting as well about the sudden random uh, medieval ninjas yeah. that yes. come out of nowhere. Yeah, where the fuck did they? Yeah. yeah, with their samurai swords. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, I mean, I mean, going back to the archers though, and the, the the arrows and shit. Right? There, there are some scenes where an orc gets hit by an arrow and he goes flying, and then there are some scenes where they get hit by fucking ten at a time and they carry on running. It's like they haven't even decided what their own fucking mechanics are. Yeah, I mean, bear in mind the orcs can also light themselves on fire and catapult <laughs> themselves. Well, yeah, because again, so... this, you, had, you had this where the one sets itself on fire, jumps in a catapult as if it's so just fucking having a little stroll around while it's on fire, gets launched into a group of people, and then starts touching people to set them on fire. Later on, one of them catches fire and screams like a little bitch with a sprint skin knee. So where the... I mean, that's because... He's pussy. <laughs> and also, let's not forget, they've also got the ability to burrow under the ground full-on Tremors style. Yeah, true. And launch up from true. underneath the earth. Yeah. Yeah, but... Uh, yeah. I mean, they just make it up as they go along. It's, it's the honest answer, isn't it? <laughs> 
it's like no no thought has gone into how the world works and like we, we talk all the time about internal logic and it's, it's normally me, me that picks things up but it's like they haven't worked out what the logic of this world is they haven't worked out how these krug or whatever the fuck they're called how they move how they how they're killed how they fight it's just like oh well yeah that'd be cool we'll do that that'd be interesting that'd be different we'll do that it's a fucking clue yeah uh, I mean talking about internal logic if you want to address it like I know he's Jason Statham but why is Farmer not wearing armour Oh my god, yes, he's just been claimed heir to the king. Nobody even thinks yeah. to give him a slight breastplate. I know, like, I mean, I know armour makes it difficult to do a flying kick, but still. Well, not really. Like, I mean, there's plot armour involved there, Chris, yeah. let's not forget. Yeah. Plot armour is a big thing in this scene. I mean, it is. I mean, he's literally running across motherfuckers' heads, like it's just crouching tiger hidden statham yeah. for a bit here. Um <laughs> But you also get the bit just before this where um, you've got um, Terish having the, the deal with Matty Lillard and they say no armour but they're both still wearing fucking chainmail. Is that not armour? Yes! Oh my god, yes! Yeah. But seriously, how, how does that work? You say no armour but we, we leave the, the armour that covers your entire body you can leave that on to take off the fucking gauntlets. But I've got to say the take off your armour bit has one of my favourite moments in the oh, scene which is Matthew fun. Lillard taking off his corners and yeah. throwing them in his face yeah. <laughs> but again that, that, you come to expect that from Matthew Lillard I, I don't think that was scripted oh, God, the no. look on the other guy's face I don't think he was expecting it because he just no, whips I, it in I, his I, face I, and carries on walking we, we've mentioned it on this show before but we've I know me and Mark anyway at least we have time for Matthew Lillard like he gets he gets some shit oh, yeah. but I mean it he's went, a very it, specific character actor yeah, but he's good say, at what he does when he's playing a complete fucking dick monkey like this guy, or where he's playing Shaggy, he's great. He's great. It's when he tries to do other things. Like he did. Um, he was in one of the series of um, Bosch on Amazon Prime, the Harry Bosch um, series. He was in, I think, the second series of that, playing like a, a narcotics agent or something. Completely useless. Yeah. So we've got we've got to sort of the the big, more or less battle scene um which for some unknown reason is happening in a forest because nobody understands sun Tzu and like optimum terrain despite the fact that the edge of the forest is really close by and there's a beautiful like flat thing which means that yeah. your archers are going to be good your horses are going to be good and also for the enemy's point of view your catapults aren't going to hit the fucking trees but not only that right we, we get the point where so the you've got the the krug attacking they're, they're going uphill so they're at a disadvantage anyway because they've, they've got the lower ground also for some reason it's pissing it down and it's it muddy as all hell but that doesn't seem to affect the other side no i just yeah i mean for all i said earlier on that first battle was well choreographed and stuff they just piss it all out the window here don't they to be honest this yeah. is yeah. Pretty, this pretty is just much. a random collection of shots and not even that many shots but th- this um, is just this is just a case of right we need to have these fuckers doing something because jason statham's off doing something else and we need to have something yeah, to cut well, away to. They need padding, is what they need. Um, I bet you in the script, all it said was, there is lots of fighting. Oh, you know yeah. it. it the script a just says, fighty, fighty. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> like, punch, punch, stab, stab. Yeah. <laughs> there there may even words. be some stick figures. Like, <laughs> possibly. Oh, did, you do, did you do the storyboards? <laughs> <laughs> Meow. <laughs> still, still better than mine. The, the CG fire, though, is passable to be fair um, yeah again CG's pretty good and then we get my favourite bit this is where we get them lighting the, the orcs light themselves on fire jump into catapults and fire themselves at the enemy that is just fucking inspired whoever came up with that idea is a genius like but it, for, I love for it for me it's just the, it's the bit that because he's so calm about it and he, it's it's as if he's strapping him for a roller coaster. he's like right get, get, get ready put my seatbelt on set myself on 
fire. I'm going to go. It's going to go really fast. It's like, dude, you're on fire. Yeah, yeah. Like the, you have a this, limited this does not end well. window here. Yeah, you have a limited window. Get on with it. Um, also, fairly sure those catapults were wooden, weren't they? So yeah, yep. pretty sure they'd catch fire. Uh, anyway, who cares about logic, eh? Um, at this we point, get... too... logic is too far out the window. So, I mean, speaking about bad choreography, as we were though, and about like Jason Statham's off doing something else. There are a bunch of shots here where he's running into camera and fighting Ray Liotta into camera because they're clearly not on the same soundstage. <laughs> And it's dreadful. Yes. It's, it's like they lock the camera off in a close-up and have him run towards camera. It's it's fucking awful. It looks terrible. Um, they, we are um, amongst all of this. Matthew Lillard taking pot shots at the king and repeatedly missing again. Hilarious. Like yeah. it's played for and got. Like just repeat. Yeah. He must try and hit the motherfucker about four times before he actually lands an arrow. To the yeah. point where, even though he's the bad guy, when he lands the arrow, there's a little bit of you that just kind of goes, "Yes, go on, son." Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, you tried really hard there. You, you persevere, and eventually it works. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. again, I know we're in the middle of a battle, but that's the fucking king. How does no one realize that somebody's got four fucking shots off at him but and taken that, right? No, that's the king, and the king is on horseback, and he's a good three foot above everybody else, but no other cunt's on a horse. Yeah. So, like, again, from a strategic point of view, are you trying to get him killed? Whose side are you on? Yeah. I mean, strategy went out the window right back at the start. I think, and, and if you didn't realise he went out the window at the start, it certainly went out the window when motherfuckers lit themselves on fire and jumped <laughs> in a catapult like this. <laughs> well, to, to be fair, as, as, far as, as far as strategy goes, that's not bad. If you know you're going to die anyway. Oh, uh, I guess, yeah. And you're um, going to, because Statham's there, so you know you're going to die. You might as well. And then, for no good reason... Charlie's fucking tree-hugging hippie angels come down and join the fight as well. Despite wanting no part of any war last time we saw them, which they yep. categorically stated. Um, and also, like, why are they fighting on any particular side if they are getting involved? Surely they fight everybody because they're destroying the forest. Well, yeah, that's it. I mean, even fucking Statham and Boomer are stuck in a tree at this point. Yeah, so I don't understand why they got involved. Um, but she doesn't, doesn't have to make sense because she, you know, she was the, she was the Terminator in, in Terminator Three, so it doesn't have to make sense. Yeah, who cares? Fuck it. <laughs> who cares? They're there. This is actually slightly more logical than that. They're there. They fight. Fuck it. Um, yeah, we're this close to the end. Like no one's giving a shit at this stage. Well, you say that, but we've still got about half hour, hour. forty minutes. Um, we get some more stuff with right, Ron Perlman temporarily is good again for a while like walking onto the sword is, is pretty fucking boss that's the kind of yeah. shit I want to see Ron Perlman doing yeah not like, speaking get stabbed so grabs the fucking sword and walks onto it so he can chin a motherfucker that's what Ron Perlman needs to do um, and then like so Claire Falani here now when she's like out and roaming free and stuff and she's got the flowing gown and things and her hmm. hair's down and that as well like I know she's supposed to be farmer's wife but she just looks like a queen already. Like she's not, she's not a fucking simple farmer's wife, is she? For God's sake! Mm. Like, but she doesn't know she's a queen. So, what the fuck is with all of this costume? Well, like, it, yeah, it makes no sense to me at all. Like, she's she somebody needs to sack someone in the costume department. But I guess that's the least of the <laughs> well, worries. Well, for, um, for that, 
you just for that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I guess I guess that's the least of their worries. But she clearly I mean, too glad. It, that's still. I think that's still not as bad as the full-on Liberace get-up that Ray Liotta is having to wear until he finally gets sick of it and turns up in his civvies. Yeah, well, yeah, maybe. Might, might uh, maybe, maybe that's the thing. Maybe they've been sacked after this. For the amount of time Ray Liotta's on screen, that's probably only like a day. So he's probably... Yeah. He oh, probably yeah, went in one, 90% yeah. of the time he's on screen on his fucking own talking to yeah. camera as well. Yeah, so he probably went in and said, I'm not fucking wearing that. Well, what do you want to wear? Oh, I don't know, but not that. Well, have you got anything else? No. All right, well, I'll have to do. Comes back tomorrow, we'll get him. I'm fucking wearing this now. But fuck your costume, I'm, I'm, fuck continuity, I'm wearing this. What's continuity? Who cares? Um... <laughs> <laughs> So, so the battle's over. Burt Reynolds being shot. He's got his death scene. Yeah. <laughs> and Jason Statham's entrance into the death scene. Like this is the point where you you clearly realize that Jason Statham's just taking his paycheck, realizes how fucking awful this film is, but he is absolutely <laughs> beside himself to be working with Burt Reynolds because he just walks in with the biggest fucking shit eating grin. Like he is having such a great time in this scene. Like his dad is dying in front of him. And it's he not can really exactly. You just keep it together. Like he's got this smirk on his face even when he's sat there. He looks like a kid at school that's just had a fucking A star or something, and he's thinking like, "Oh, brilliant!" <laughs> when I go, home, I get he's, to go he's, to McDonald's. He's, <laughs> he's a kid. He's the kid who's got the most questions, right? So he's got he's got to have the bar of chocolate, and everybody else yeah. fucking watch him eat it. He's he is the cat that's got the cream here. He's it's fucking like it's again just poor direction. You can't blame him. Direction. nobody's that? pulling him up on it and going hang on a minute mate i think you look a little bit smug here like your dad's dying it's just... but it... well i mean this is a pivotal scene because another bit of trivia that i've discovered via imdb burt reynolds himself rewrote and edited the dialogue for this death scene because really? this was the first time he played a character who died and he was adamant the scene would be something special and they all fell out with the script supervisor because the script supervisor was not happy <laughs> that's amazing i love it um, now, i didn't know that but to I be fair that. i have i have written here that Reynolds is actually making the most of what he's got, but the scene is horrible. Yes. So <laughs> what but, he has but, got is stuff that he's written himself. Then so. But the, but the, there's a line where he he's talking about all this stuff. Um, like he goes through. There's the the line about if we if prudence is our well, hammer wisdom and, is our but, hammer. Yeah, all all that sort of. Was shit. that seeded? We, Did I miss that earlier on? No, no, that's completely. Oh new. right, okay. I thought it was. I I was convinced I'd missed it earlier on because it seemed to pay off. It's completely new, and then you should get the. Satan says the other line, the, the end of the line, so that's all fine. But then you've got this thing he says about you know, what you need to do when you're a king, and Satan says, But I'm just a simple farmer. Who fucking talks like that? It's, yeah, like, no it's, way. Like, it's like, okay, I'm just a farmer. What do I know about being king? I'm just a simple farmer. I'm a humble man, and these are my humble children. The fuck? It's like, it's like at, no, at no point has anybody read the fucking script and gone, Hang on. Why is, he talk, why is he now all of a sudden talking like a fucking gentleman? Yeah, because even. Even if nobody talks like that anyway, Jason Statham especially doesn't talk like that. No. He'd have gone, because I'm a fucking no. farmer, innit, mate? Fucking hell. Sit down. Shut the fuck up. I'm not a king, I'm a farmer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. But then, you get the bit where they cut away, and then they cut back to Burt Reynolds, and his eyes are shut, so he must have died. And I don't know if it's the way it's what I was watching on, and my internet crapped out, or whether it's really badly done, but they half slow-mo his hand going on top of Burt Reynolds' hand, and it speeds it up again. Yeah, that's... 
in I general, I have some <laughs> some big issues with the direction. And, and believe it or not, it's the, the majority of it isn't the dialogue or the performance. It's the fact that you've got these close-ups like that of, of the hand, and you get Reynolds himself is shot entirely in close-up. Statham is shot entirely in close-up. So we're in shot reverse shot in close-up. We're suggesting this intimacy that's growing between them. They're having a real close moment. And again, we've got this huge, booming, epic score playing over the top of it instead of this nice, <laughs> subtle, understated... Yeah. Like, you could have given them a theme. Why don't you... St- like, this is what like a good composer would do here. Why don't you give them a theme that you seed here and you start it nice and slow? And it's Farmer's theme, okay? It's his hero theme. And yeah. so then when he gets his big moment at the end and he mans up and he has to become the king, that's when it comes in and it's this booming score. Yeah, and it swells. Nice, quite, yes, and it's the same theme. It's gone from this nice little intimate thing that he's had with his father to this booming epic score. And it signifies that that's Farmer and that's our hero and he's carrying the lineage through. No, because that's storytelling and who gives a fuck? Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's not do that. Um, and while we're on the point why is everyone fighting do we know why are because i literally have no idea i don't give a fuck because i don't give a fuck about any of the characters but i don't know what they're fighting over right i can actually answer this because i was actually paying very close attention oh because i thought there might be questions coming up and for once i wanted to make it look like i'd actually done the homework as opposed to like half-assing my way through it you've not you've not worked with us much the reason why they are fighting because the Krug have been turning up in the kingdom and murdering all of the, the people that live in the kingdom and attacking everyone. And so the king's got to go out and save them because that's his kingdom. And the reason why the Krug are attacking is because they're all controlled by Ray Liotta because Ray Liotta's magic powers come from serving the king and he's made himself king of the Krug. So if he can then destroy the other king, he is then the most powerful wizard in all the world. Right. So I did get the thing, because they reveal right at the end yeah. that he's the king of the Krugs. Yeah. So they do explain that. Yeah. We should get that front loaded if that's why they're fighting. Um, you think yeah. so, wouldn't you? But, but even if that is why they're fighting, that still doesn't make any sense. Because if he's the most powerful wizard in the world just by suddenly deciding I'm the king of the Krug and they accept that. Again, why doesn't he just teleport into the king's chambers, like, cut his fucking head, turn his dick into a laser sword, cut his head off? <laughs> like, he can do because anything. Because then we wouldn't get Jason Statham, Chris. We wouldn't get the state. Well, no, because then we he wouldn't goes get on, flying kick. He could go Elbow. on a vengeance mission then, can't he? To, like, kill yeah. laser dick or whatever. I call it that. That's a I much better thing. Why don't we shit? just call it kill laser dick? Right? And it's, <laughs> that's. It makes as much sense as in the name of the fucking king. It's got as much tied to dungeon siege as anything else. Just call it King Kill Laser Dick, a dungeon siege tale. That's much better. (laughs) Much better. And more in keeping with the kind of stuff that Statham would generally do. You know? Yeah, to be fair. It's not a million miles from Crank, is it? I suppose. Um, (laughs) Anyway, I love Crank, by the way. That wasn't a dig. Crank and Crank 2 are legitimately two of my favourites. Like, they're great. Love Crank as yeah. well, but then I'm I'm a massive Jason Statham fan. I freely admit it. Like greatest actor of our age and sorely underappreciated. I mean, I won't go that far, but I don't have any issue with him. Definitely. Um... <laughs> oh, one day I will introduce you to my TED talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll properly, keep that for another show. Very good. Use properly, he is very good. Um, right. So 
we now get this kind of one versus one duel all of a sudden uh, and and I, I think this is where we get matthew lillard in his in his one versus yeah. one duel actually i think it's after all yes right? so they even start repeating shots in this one-on-one duel like yeah. that is unforgivable like at least yeah. in in like the throes of combat where you've got whole armies fighting i guess some people would miss it but this is one-on-one like you're gonna notice this shit but anyway well, yeah. they repeat the shots uh, i've probably glossed over a load of shit here because i was worrying about why they're fighting i genuinely did get concerned with it for about five minutes um they're, they're fighting because they need to fill the film up well yeah well at this it's funny you should say that because i must have done a watch check here because at this point in the film there are still 40 fucking minutes left to go this is well, I'm sure we, had the, we had the same conversation last time when we were talking about 365 days where we had an hour left and then we were finished because actually, you know, that, once you get through, once you get through the fucking, there's not really a lot else to talk about. Look, it's kind of like the rape fighting aside, in this. Rape aside, that is a hundred percent better than this pile of shit. No, no, there's a sentence you don't often hear. Like rape oh, aside, well, <clears throat> yeah. Like if it wasn't for all the rape and the spitting in cunts and tying people up and all of that, then I mean, it's not that bad, is it, compared to this? I mean, just think of it this way, Chris. At least you can watch the sequel to Three Six Five Days over the sequel to oh, In the Name of the I'm King. I'm going to watch the sequel to In the Name of the King. For like, there are for two. Anybody, there are two. There are there are two. Have you read the premise of the sequel? Yes. Yes. Like, yes. For anyone I'll, listening out there, like, just go on to IMDb. I'll, I'll do. And... I'll do it now. I'll read. I'll read the, the synopsis now. So, number two is called In the Name of the King Two Two Worlds. Uh, it's um. A 2011 American fantasy adventure directed by Hugh Grant stars Dolph Lundgren, Natasha, somebody or other, and somebody else I've never heard of. Sequel to the name of the King. Um, Lundgren plays Granger, a former Special Forces soldier living in modern-day Vancouver, and he's sent on a quest to fulfill an ancient prophecy. He's forcibly pulled into a time portal in his hole after fighting off a small group of hooded assassins who tried to kill him. He finds himself several hundred years in the past uh, in the forested wartime kingdom of Ebb. Granger teams up with an unlikely band of allies accompanied by a female doctor named Manhattan, Doctor Manhattan. Doctor Manhattan, great. Let's just let's just dwell on that for a minute. Um, his goal is to slay the leader of the Dark Ones, a witch only known as the Holy Mother. Fighting against all odds, Granger must free the land from the grasp of the evil tyrant Raven, save the kingdom, and find a way to get back to his own time. That wow. sounds fucking amazing, and it's got Dolph Lundgren in it. Well, I was going to say one it's got even Drago in it. So, but number three, number three, um, it has the brother from Prison Break. That's the one a, that's, that's about Captain Cold. The other one. Not no. Wentworth Miller. No, um, yeah, Dominic right, Purcell. Okay. That's the only one I... Right, okay. Yeah. Um, so, um, Hazen Kane, Dominic Purcell, is a ruthless modern-day assassin wanting out and determined to quit the business after carrying out one last job involving a European royal family kidnapping the two daughters. Hazen easily completes the task and locks them into a Connect box, whatever the fuck that is, uh, but discovers that one into of the... Into an Xbox? Did you Con-X. just say locks them into an Xbox? No, a Connex box. C-O-N-N-E-X, whatever the fuck one of those is. Um, and discovers that one of the girls is wearing a necklace with a charm that looks similar to his tattoo. He takes the charm from the girl, which opens a portal to the Middle Ages. Yeah. I mean, I- I'll watch both of them. Seriously, <laughs> I will watch because they sound fucking... He clearly wanted to Assassin's Creed, didn't he? And just yeah. couldn't get it. So yeah. he just made a Dungeon Siege film instead. Although, to I mean, be look, fair, if, 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 if he'd made the Assassin's Creed film, it wouldn't be any fucking worse than it was. Still haven't seen it. Um, maybe that's another one for this show, but... Maybe. You know, Dolph Lundgren, the other guy from Prison Break. Who's it? Is it Dominic something? Dominic Purcell. Dominic Purcell. Yeah, he's in Legends tomorrow, isn't he? Um, yeah. Got it. Yeah. He's, he's Mick. Um, but yeah, so I, I'll probably watch it. Um, 
Where the fuck were we? So I, I just got so I just got a stink eye off Helen as well when I said about uh, being better than Fast Three. <laughs> I mean, maybe that's that's another one for the three of us to look at. I need to watch it though, but. I mean, I I have I have seen Assassin's Creed. I yeah yeah. As a big fan of the games, there's a lot that I can say about that. Yeah, I don't even like the fucking games. So I like I like the first three, like one, two, and then the 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 the, the, the spin off. I two. like the Ezio trilogy. Yeah. So for, uh, Assassin's Creed two, and then the two that followed it. Yeah. Black Flag was a shit ton of fun, but wasn't really Assassin's Creed by that stage. Yeah. It was just pirates. Plus, the guy was meant to be Welsh, but had an English accent, and I'm totally going off on the tangent. That, that's so rare on this show. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, we've actually been pretty focused tonight, to be fair. Yeah. You're a good influence, Helen. Never let um, that be said. First time anyone's so, ever said that. I'm touched. Yeah. There's 40 minutes left. <laughs> I, I just when you think, like, all hope is lost and this film is really that bad, God bless Matthew Lillard and his hip, hip huzzah. <laughs> no way no fucking way was that in the script no but it's just the no fact when he, he repeats it and even he's like oh fuck this hasn't gone anywhere fuck yeah god but, bless him but it's I on camera actually, anyway I, did I it. spat beer yeah that's a waste amazing um so i'm clearly off on a stream of consciousness by this point because my next note is that i guess technically claire falani is the queen now so this outfit does work <laughs> Um, clearly I got hung up on that <laughs> I don't know um, now something else that occurred to me here and I can't believe I didn't think about it earlier because it's been present all the way through the film I said about the beards and I've said about State's sort of impeccably shaved head yeah. where the fuck is Ray Liotta getting his hair gel <laughs> maybe like, it's not you, hair you gel you don't just wander into boots yeah I don't think it's hair gel I think it's something about Mary Oh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe that would work, I guess, wouldn't it? But it, there's product in his hair, so he's coming from somewhere. Um, Literally. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> yeah, we get the revelation that for no reason, no good reason whatsoever, Claire Falani is pregnant. Dun, dun, yeah, because obviously that, again, and, and if this is a story about succession and you know, finding out he's the king yes. and all that sort of yeah, that's important. But he's just a simple farmer. So what the fuck does it matter? Uh, also, yeah, but he, the, the point he doesn't is, know no, this the information. point is, he's he's lost his son, his son that he's invested so many years in. So to make it better, they just give him another one. Because <laughs> that's, well, that's how, how it life works. works. That's how it works. Right, of course. Ah. Forgot this was social realist drama. That's how life works, of course. So if, so if I offer my kids, can I get two new ones? Yeah. Did somebody give me two new ones? It might, it might be better. So. That's how it works, and all of your heartache will be gone because it's fine because you've got another one on the way. Ah. Well, it would be good if he knew that, then, wouldn't it? Well, yeah, it would help, wouldn't it? Give him a little bit of motivation or some form of fucking impetus in the story. Because that, that is not revealed to him at all. No, never. He doesn't find that out on screen at all. There you go. So useless. Um, loads of repeated shots again. Um, but then also, this is where we get, like in this battle, this is where the shots of the archers jump in the line just gets ridiculous. Yeah. Like yes. every shot of the archers is just flipped. Uh, it, it looks fucking awful. Um, oh, and the tree wipes. This is where they start bringing in the tree wipes. So they they yeah. give up any attempts at continuity at all. It's yes. just like, and there's a tree, and there's a, and it, like nothing, nothing makes sense. Yeah, and, and then we get, we start to get the showdown and we get Ray Liotta sort of giving us his, his whole reason for being and he gets his big grandstand moment and we get the line in my kingdom there will be no word for madness we shall simply call it p 
power and he absolutely makes a meal of the line like it's it's an awful 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 it's, line. it's, it's like it's somehow, it, that's it that's that's the oscar clip yeah somehow he fucking makes that work i a hundred percent bought that line to the point where i would argue this is the greatest single delivery of a line in the entire film like oh that's it, not hard though is it no he really fucking nails that um it's, it's like he's auditioning for Skeletor. It's he absolutely <laughs> nails it. Uh, of that I would pay money to see. Yeah. And then once again, Lily cannot cry for shit. Like you didn't you learn the first time that she can't cry? Why the fuck do you ask her to do it again? Because like, <laughs> she's got she's got eyeliner underneath her eyes. If she actually cries, then that's gonna go, go down her face and be ugly. Oh, I might get on her armor. Oh uh, yeah. yeah. Maybe it's corrosive or something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Rama might rust. Yeah. See, that's why. I mean, she is just a daughter doing a man's work, so that's clearly why she shouldn't be doing it. These bloody women and their mascara. I mean. Well, yeah. That's the problem, you see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so at this point, we, we've we've had the fight with um, Gimli. What's his fucking name? Jonas Davis. Um, Jonas Davis. And, I guess we we got some really nice bits where the swords are fighting themselves. It's all about their power and shit like that. Where where is all this been the entire fucking film? Well, this is the thing. Isn't it? This is a this is an entirely different film anyway. Where all of a sudden he goes all fucking Obi Wan, um, yeah. and, and just decides he's gonna. And what a prick as well, by the way. When he literally goes, yeah, he's in that cave all the way over there. Um, I've already proven that I can teleport people and objects and stuff. So I'm just going to shoot over there and fight them on my own. And yeah, you see you over there, yeah? Find your own way over me. Yeah. Like, what prick? But, but not only that, right? It, it, this whole thing of, well, maybe I can I can distract him. Surely you wait until every other fucker is there before you distract him. Well, yeah, it makes no sense. Because all, all you've done is tipped him off, the fact that they know where he is. Yeah. Uh, it's just bollocks. Uh, it's bollocks. Um, we get, and as I say, we he gets his line about power and madness, and we learn that he's now the king of the Krug and stuff like that. And John Reese Davis gets struck down, so he becomes more powerful than you can possibly imagine because he lives on through his daughter. Because ah, oh, that's the theme. It's all about succession. I managed to miss that yeah. for the last two and a bit hours. Um, yeah, but the thing is, you can't put too much importance on because themes are great for book reports. That's you know that. right. It is Game of Thrones, isn't it? Um, and then look, Statham, like Statham wanders in after doing that weird slingshot fucking yeah. thing, which again, th- those physics don't work. No, no, not at all. Just, like so, he slingshots his way across with with the help of the fucking tree nymph, uh, and we have the showdown with Liotta and. Look, State's Bants is normally pretty good, to be fair. He's, he's got a good line in, in, in delivery of Bants, but you're going to fight or talk me to death does not rate highly as action pattern, no. does it? But not only that, right? We've just seen this This guy is a really fucking powerful wizard who doesn't need to pick up a sword. So yes, he's going to talk you to death, you stupid prick. Yeah, and, and also, though, like he's a really powerful wizard. Yeah, we get it. Um, but... Because he's been going into these ciphers throughout the whole film, like Farmer has beaten him six or seven times already. Like there is no yep. tension here whatsoever. Like Farmer's clearly no. going to beat him because he's done it already multiple times. This film has ended multiple times over. Like oh, I wish it had. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 pointless. There is no threat here whatsoever. Um. Well, no, there is the there is the threat of paper cuts because let's not forget, possibly in homage to Ubal's PhD in literature, 
all of the books he's bound by literature yeah we get bound the by the conventions of narrative and he yeah we get the scary book aside. tornado but they're not so we get the scary book tornado but not only that's that, after what's, the force what's... lightning though isn't it we get force yes. lightning yeah. first yeah, we do um but then so but he pins him to the floor with books like yeah. he literally is on the ground and he, he, he shackles him with books and i'll be fine you've got a fucking shelf that can't see none of them do that no, yeah, no, no, not that heavy. Is, I'm fairly sure I can still move my arm. It is, it is impossible to shackle someone with a book because books open and close. That's what they fucking do. Like, yeah, it just doesn't work. It does not work. Um, so we get the yeah. There's a scary book tornado. He gets book cuffed essentially, and then and this is this is the real annoying thing. And, and Helen and I kind of exchanged texts about this um, over the weekend. I think like Iwabol really and I've joked about it several times on, on the pod already but Iwabol really clearly doesn't know how to get the best out of Jason Statham because Liotta then manages to position himself perfectly in front of a gigantic window just asking to be flying kicked in the chest yeah. and sent like fly like and that's the state yeah, of the move fall, we all know it yeah. we all you, know that's what he yeah. does he does the flying you kick him out of a window yeah he falls a couple hundred feet and gets impaled on something yeah yeah that's that's but, the move but they don't go for it like and, he, and he's so it's so clearly being telegraphed i i just don't how does it not happen how does statham not flying kicking through the window like, i don't know I don't, I don't get it i was i was thinking that when i watched it um but you get that and then you get um fucking lady coming in and you know, half doing her magic and fucking it up because she's just a mere girl and how, how could she possibly fight against a dirty old man um, and then from nowhere, Claire Falani stabs him in the fucking back after getting yeah. a whip. Off. How does she get the kill? Yeah, well, she, she doesn't. doesn't get does she? The kill. she doesn't. She, she stabs she him stabs in the back and then Jason cuts Jason and slices him across the throat. Yeah. But so right, okay. So the slicing across the throat is the move that he's used to kill him every single time up until this point. But what? it's always been his shadow self. But not only he's, but he's, but he's, but he's taking the uh, head uh, off. Uh, isn't uh. He's always taking the head off. He's not slicing. Yeah, yeah. But he's always he's always clutched his throat afterwards, which is blatantly this 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 is real this is real subtle like cinematic language foreshadowing the killer moves that I'm, I'm sorry subtle the state to do. I'm sorry subtle. What's but that? When he slices him across when he slices him across the throat, it's like a paper cut. And I'm sorry if you get a cut on the throat, there's this thing called arterial spray. <laughs> like that room should be fucking. I'm, I'm sorry, of blood. I, I cut myself worse than that this morning. Probably see it. <laughs> But it, was, but it was wrong so because it, it, it happened because of the cut you don't see it you see you see it moving you see then Statham's sort of like this to the camera and Liotta's away holding his throat and drops his sword but you didn't actually see anything go anywhere near his fucking throat yeah. I mean I'm just going to let you into a into some inside baseball here um, it's because they're not in the same fucking room and haven't been <laughs> at any point during this production <laughs> I'm fairly sure if if you look at the person standing behind Statham holding his throat, he's about a foot taller than Ray Liotta as well. Yeah, <laughs> it's like look, whatever we want to say about him, like you've got to give the man credit for his genius. Like he's, he's got he's got some chutzpah to put to try and pull this he off. He really, really has. has. Like he's yeah, he's a businessman of the highest order. Like he's a proper shyster. But he's yeah, a fucking guys snake oil salesman is what he is it, completely these guys are not in the same room but I'm sorry we can see behind the curtain like it's, and, it, and it would help if you at least tried to hide it you know this sort of shit goes on all the time just most people do a better job of hiding it um, now okay so bad guys vanquished um, so 
again, did I miss this? Because Stath then says to Claire Falani, there's something I've always wanted to tell you. I love you. Yeah, it's so awful. right at the, so right at the beginning, right so right at the beginning where they've had dinner with Hellboy and they go to bed and she says, "What do you think of me? What what do you love of me?" or something like that because obviously that's how people speak. And he says, "Oh, you know me. I, I I don't say things, but my hands do all my talking." And then he goes to feel her up. So that's where that comes from. That's fine. The problem I had with the ending, right? All of a sudden, Leota dies and all the Krug just turn and walk away. Are they possessed or are they his army? What is this supposed to be? If they're his army, then they carry on fighting because we don't know he's dead. If they're possessed, then what the fuck was the point in all of that? I just don't get it. I, mean, yeah, I don't get why yeah, they turned was, tail and walked off. There was no point to any of it. I mean, this is the thing. I mean, he delivers that line and everything just ends. Like, what the fuck? How is that the end? Like, here's, here's a list that I've made of things that are left to resolve. So The entire film? First of all, uh, this one's pretty important. What about Farmer's Ascension? Like, yeah, he, he hasn't officially been made king at any point here. Like, surely that's yeah. Where's his coronation? Yeah, exactly. You crown him, you sit him on the throne. Yeah, yes, yeah. And then you could, you know, she could be sat next to him with a visible bump, and he can like yeah. put his hand on it or something. Right, fine, that works. Um, right, what is Lily's position now? Well, is is she the new majors? And if so, how? And then we need to see her ascension. And is she going to get a Padawan? And who is that? Because presumably that should be the baby, obviously. Well, yeah, right. Uh, but then, because no, so, the, ba- the baby, the baby will have a royal. Uh, the, the baby will be his, no, his heir, so he, she yeah. needs another apprentice. Yeah, okay, so she needs another apprentice. Um, then, yeah, there's his unborn son. He doesn't even know about it at this point, so that needs resolving. Uh, the fucking tree people. Where have they come from? What did they want? And how was their arc finished? Well, yeah, where have they gone? Because she was outside. She did the slingshot thing. Yeah, what she, she did her? the hard. She did the actual work in getting the uh, the rope over. And then that was it. That's what we saw of it. She didn't get yeah. to do the swing bit. So she didn't get to do the fun bit herself. Exactly. So I don't know what happened there. Um, but also right, on that, right? So they, they, they do the, the, the rope swinging thing and she throws it over and you know, Statham goes over and gets it you know, gets into the cave. How does the rope get back for Lily to get there? I mean, she'd probably teleport like a dad. Well, no, she can't because she got her power from Johnny Davis. So at that point, she yeah, but he died. Some chicken armor. So but when he not died, before she got no, there. that's why. Not before she got there. I can't. I can't oh, believe yeah. I'm in the position where I'm defending this fucking film. Um, that's <laughs> why the tree nymph stays on the rope because when she re- when they reach the peak of the arc and Jason Statham lets go and goes through, she then continues through the arc to go back to the cliff and bring the rope back round. So I'm assuming that they then repeat the manoeuvre, but with Lily. But they can't show that because they can't have two girls doing anything that's even remotely clever oh, or, God. A, oh, God, or no, able. Okay, no. sisters doing it for themselves. Are you fucking I mean, mad? Besides the fact, it was pretty fucking unbelievable when Farmer did it, and Lily's in full armour. <laughs> <Well, laughs> she's gonna sink like a fucking stone. Like. <laughs> Maybe that's why Farmer wasn't put in armour then... during the battle scene. Farmer in armour, and then even. <laughs> Even if she doesn't sink like a stone and she, like, twats herself against the cliff like Farmer does or something, she can't even sell the fact that it hurts because bitch can't cry. So... <laughs> <laughs> so it's probably a good thing that we didn't see that. Um, and finally, on my list of things that need resolving, what the fuck happened to the boss-eyed brother? <laughs> I like to think... Right. But he, he, okay, he so met the little blonde bird, didn't he? But we haven't actually talked about at all over the course of no, this podcast. No, we haven't. I, I remember there was, there was oh. something I wanted to bring up about him, actually. So after, He's in every um, Uwe Ball film ever. He's like yeah. Ball's go-to guy. Crap. 
Yeah. But right at the, at the bit, at the beginning, where, think... so, so where the where the where the, the first son dies, where the original child dies, and before they replace him. Um, so they have have a burial. So farmer digs the hole. Farmer wraps the body. Farmer puts the body in the hole. Long-haired motherfucker comes and fills it in. So you've already done the fucking hard work. Yeah, I mean he's clearly the simple one though, isn't he? So. <laughs> You don't get him to do anything, you know, that might require any element of skill. You know, he's he's mongrel. It's digging a fucking hole. Like, it's digging a hole. How much fucking skill is involved? Well, I guess, yeah. I mean, he could. I mean, he could so fall on the shovel or something, couldn't he? Like, same as all some fucking trouble. I think there's two really interesting things about. I want to call him by his name because, to be fair, like I feel for the poor guy. I was guy. just calling like, him Shawn Michaels all the way through. I, <laughs> I think he's called Will. I want to say his name's Will Sanderson because, like. We were watching on Amazon Prime, and I fi- think I flipped it up. His name is... Yeah, Will Sanderson. Well done. Check that out. Well done. Oh, my God. Oh, the, so there's, on the, there's on the, two yeah. really interesting... There's two really interesting things with him. The first is there is this one scene that I think is fucking brilliant, but that's because it's my sense of humour, where he's locked up with all of the other slaves when he's chained to the wall, and he's got the woman next to him, and he's just like... So what's a nice girl like you doing in a place like this? And she just looks at him and she's just like waiting to die. <laughs> yeah. But then they don't, and presumably they go and get their happy ever after, which we never find out about because they're not in the sequel. I know, I know. But the other thing that's really interesting is that the scenes that he's in, the actors do seem to be way more cohesive in terms of all acting in the same film. And I kind of think the reason why Uwe Ball cast him in everything is because he can leave him to like handle the actors and he can just be like, right, guys, just so you know, I've worked with this dude before. We're not going to get direction, so let's just work on it amongst ourselves. Maybe, maybe he's the unsung hero of who am Maybe. Off. Also, some, something else I've learned about him uh, in the last two minutes um, is that he doesn't have a wiki page. So every 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 fucker on Wikipedia, on, especially on this film, has a link and it goes to a page about them. You, t- you click on the one page and it says, there's no article about this person. So we're so, never no, going to know why he's boss-eyed. <laughs> we're never going to know. I mean, in a way, that's quite sad. I'm sorry, like... I know, I know. Maybe he's got like, a sword in the eye or something. I know it's. I know it's pretty insensitive, um, but I just can't. Like, how do you not look at that eye? That's fine. That's what mine does. <laughs> mine, mine points that way. Yeah, but yours isn't that obvious compared. Like, this is maybe it's because you're not on camera. I don't know, but I don't know. It's it, mine. It, mine's pretty obvious if I have my glasses on all day. I guess so. Yeah, and, and maybe if you get that's tired, they, stuff, they, but... they correct it. Yeah, yeah. So I've, I've had my glasses on for about twenty hours, so it's not really showing. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's just. It's, I, I can, you I can can't look anywhere else. It's like you know when someone has a giant fucking mole, and you, yeah. and like you, you know you shouldn't stare because it's rude. But how do you not? But yeah, like yeah, how do you not talk to the mole? Like <laughs> I know, I know, I'm a horrible person. Okay, but uh, we're, we're all we're all gonna hell. We know that anyway. But how do you? How can you watch him in a seat and not go? Man, your fucking eye. Like what? But but more importantly, how do you have a conversation with her? Dude, what are you looking at? Well, more importantly, what, what? And this this is going to sound really bad. I know, but yeah, I don't care. I, I'm past it at this point. I, I'm the director of this film, right? And I, I, I'm casting it. How do you not? He's going to have done a taped audition, right? Bound to have. How do you tell him where his fucking eye line is? I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, but how? Like, how do you give him an eye line? Which maybe eye? yeah, but Chris, you're forgetting 
most of these actors aren't actually on the same set on the same day and they've all got to be then cut in together in a coherent manner. If you've got an actor that's boss-eyed that you can use as a convenient editing tool. Good point. Good point. Okay. Yes, clearly I'm the idiot. Clearly. <laughs> this is why, Chris, I'm sorry to bring this up, but this is why you haven't got a PhD. Yeah. Yes. Obviously. Obviously. Clearly. Should have spent more time studying boss eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Damn oh, it! Fuck, yeah. um, sorry if any of you out there have got boss eyes. I've got nothing against boss eyes. It's, it's fine. Sure we, can say, we can say it because I have. Yeah, because Mark's got boss eyes. Yeah. And I, I, yeah, look, I'm sure there's probably a technical term for it as well. Like I don't know, visually challenge. No, that would be yeah. fine. <laughs> um, I'm gonna shut up now. Anyway, all I'm saying is I can't not see it. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> And, and when, when you're dealing in a purely visual medium, like, that's got to fuck you up. Like, it's just got to. That, that, I I don't know how I would cope with that on set. I really don't. Oh, man. Anyway, I'm going to stop talking now before I dig myself any bigger <laughs> hole. Um, I'm yeah, doing a better job of it a... than he fucking did. So... <laughs> Right, so yeah, so I mean that's that's in the name of the king. Um, I think it's pretty clear. But uh, we'll start with you, Helen, because you're you're new and you're a guest. So, mm-hmm. is this film better than Super Mario Brothers? Yes, because it has the stave in it. I mean, that's Fair short enough. and sweet. Yeah, I guess that's that's a that's a take. Yeah. Yep, Chris. Uh, no, absolutely fucking not. This film is awful. Um, <laughs> it's just plain bad. I don't care who's in it. Um, look, it's got. It's got Burr Reynolds in it for fuck's sake, and yeah, I, I, I was going to say it's got Burr as well. Like, yeah, but it's got Burr fucking Reynolds in it. This film should be better than <laughs> Mario Brothers, but it's not. Yeah, no, it, it's fucking look. It's overlong. It's poorly written. It's badly scored. It's badly edited. It's shockingly written. Uh, there's zero escalation of any kind of threat or conflict throughout. This is the worst thing we've looked at on this podcast since Battlefield Earth, and I'm including 365 days in that. Like, like I said, if you ignore the horrendous <laughs> shit that happens in that film, it's better made and holds together better than this. I want my two hours back. In fact, I want my six fucking hours back because I'm a stupid <laughs> motherfucker who's watched this three times. Like, yeah. on, on the pl- on the plus side, you never have to watch it again. I never will. I will watch the sequels though. Um, <laughs> At least once, because I'm curious. Um, and they have nothing to do with these films, but they are Uwe Ball again. So maybe look, yeah. uh, the, the guy with the boss eye must be in him because he's Ball's go-to guy, right? So whether he's the through well, line so, or whether they recast look. him, Hang on. he's got to be so in him. Look. What was his name? Will Sanderson. Shawn Michaels. No, he's not in, Not cred- He's not listed in the sequel what? or the sequel of the sequel. He got duped. <laughs> yeah. Or may- maybe somebody realised he was shit. To be fair, bad. watching this film, I don't know if you notice, most of the best actors that are in it, with the exception of Jason Statham, because he's playing the lead and therefore the lead has to survive till the end, all of their characters die. And I think the only reason why they agreed to be in the film in the first place was because they didn't, they knew that they wouldn't be tied into a sequel. Yeah, I mean, they literally, Maybe. I would imagine the contracts were literally for like six days yeah. or whatever. Or like and I must an die so I don't yeah. have to yeah. go back. Yeah, and I want to write my own death scene. <laughs> <laughs> don't we all fair play to him um okay yeah. so yeah mark over to you is it better than mario brothers um no i, I can't even <laughs> I, I haven't even, i haven't even got anything in me and i haven't got anything left to, to describe it um i think that possibly the funny syphilis is better than this <laughs> um definitely the herb maybe even eight let's be fair um 
I've got nothing good to say about this fucking film whatsoever. Um, yeah, I couldn't even sit through it in one go. Because that, and that, I'd never do that. I can't, I'll, I'll never get to a point of thinking, no, I'm going to turn it off now. You've got your hand can, I, can I ask a question, though? Of course you can. Would your answer change if at any point in the film, Jason Statham, who looks really fucking pissed off that he's there and kind of is us, the audience, like with him and relating to just how much he doesn't want to be there... If at some point he turns to the camera or any other character and just said, I'm a king, not a criminal, at some point in the film, Maybe. would you change your opinion? Maybe, I don't know. Without seeing it, I don't know, but probably not. Um, I mean, it would, it yeah, would it, instantly improve the film, as per our discussion. It would, improve, it, it, would, yeah. it, it would improve this film by about 600%. <laughs> it has I still don't think that would be enough. Because he would deliver it tongue-in-cheek. Yeah. Like yeah. that, that's what this film is missing. If you're going to be this bad, like you have to know that you're this oh, you have to own it. bad. You you have to own your shit. And this doesn't at all. No. I mean, and something we, we say a lot of the time, on the, certainly on this show, is that these, if these shows knew what they were and played to it, they'd be, they'd be infinitely better. But because they take themselves so seriously, and they, they're played so seriously by the majority of the cast, and the pretentious overwritten script um, that they can't take that no they can't not take themselves seriously because of that they, the product suffers um, yeah that would no, that would make this film 600 times better I still don't know if that would be enough to make it better than Mario Brothers and I didn't fucking like Mario Brothers um, yeah I've just got nothing I've got nothing good to say about this film apart from Matthew Lillard was fucking hilarious because he usually is and it ended eventually yeah yeah <laughs> it did. It did end. That was that was a good thing. And it was, the actually the end itself was quite quick. I, when the, you you get you get through that scene when and Bradley was there, it just stopped. <laughs> it just... Well, yeah, it's 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 the Zack and Miri ending, isn't it? It's like, oh shit, we're out of film. It's, it's worse than the Zack and Miri ending. It's like it, it literally just stopped. It it was just like, yeah, we're out of money yeah. now. Fuck it, wrap it up. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, as always, if you disagree with us, um, if you think this film is great, or if you have anything to say. Um, get in touch with us um, on Twitter at ddpodcastnet. Uh, you can go to our website ddpodcast.net and uh, leave some message through there. You can check out our other shows as well. We've mentioned quite a few of them already from the previous episodes we've done, so give them a listen. Let us know what you think. Um, on Facebook with the Double Down Podcast Network, uh, wherever you get your podcasts from, be that iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, Blueberry, Blackberry, Raspberry, whatever the fuck, I don't know. Um, leave us a message, like, like, subscribe, share. Um, leave us a message and we'll get back to you as best we can. But until next time. Uh, just before we're out, just thank you, Helen, for coming on and oh, yeah, just sorry, that, spending the evening. That's with me. I'm not used to having, I'm not used to having people. I'm not used to <laughs> yeah, having people we're, we're not used to thank somebody else much. joining in with our bullshit. So it was brilliant having you on. Thank you yes, very, thank much. very much. It, it was great, but it, it did take me at least a bottle and a half of wine to to get through it. Like I'm not going to lie, but I do think the bottle and a half of wine did significantly increase my. Enjoyment. So okay, so this is a bottle and a half of wine film yeah so we have we have a new metric here how many bottles okay. of wine? how many bottles of wine is it um, <laughs> so yeah that being said thank you for coming on you'll have to come back when we do another state film or another ball film or just any time basically just yeah when, whenever you are always got a place whenever, here whenever you are yeah yeah so, but yeah until next time see you later <laughs>